Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And today, my guest is a professional boxer. Taylor Robinson joins us, and she is about as big as a G as it gets in the boxing game. Uh, she is a five-time Australian champion. She got a bronze medal in her weight division at the Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast here last year. And with the whole COVID thing, she's not really been able to get any fights. So she started a really cool web series called Uncharted Waters where she goes and she basically does these crossover sports. She actually just did one with uh, Top Dog and Harry and the Nitro crew. Um, and... Uh, yeah, had a bit of a uh, fun encounter with the foam pit. So she's a legend. We've been trying to make this one happen for a while, but just like two hectic schedules uh, weren't able to line up until now, but we got it done and I really enjoyed the chat. Before we get into this podcast, just a quick message from our sponsors. We're brought to you by the guys at Boost Mobile. And I just want to let you know, not just like obviously the fact that we use Boost, but all of the podcasts that we do with remote guests is actually just hotspotted off my phone. So we have their maxed out data, um, 12 month, uh, plan. And I use that because it's just faster and more reliable than using, uh, the Wi-Fi that we have in our studio. So I just did another podcast today remote and, uh, that was all on boost mobile. So they're not just a sponsor. They are a massive part of actually bringing us these, uh, these remote shows that we have been doing. So to find out more, just go to boost.com.au. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crick's Tweed. If you want to drive around in a badass Triton, like the one that I've been lucky enough to drive around for 2020, then you can head to crickstweed.com.au. Uh, it was a question that I got a bunch on my Instagram when I did the ask me a question thing uh, a week or so ago. Uh, and people just said, honestly, would you buy a Triton? And to be honest, I'll probably buy this one if they, if they don't want to do our deal again uh, for next year. It's been a, an awesome truck. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed uh, driving that car around for this year. So crickstweed.com.au. If you're interested in the Triton, give them a call and jump in for a test drive. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at 
CMBT, Combat Nutrition. You can head to cmbt.com.au to find out more. Uh, it has become a big part of my training and recovery schedule as I try to ramp myself back into training. Uh, and another big part of the program is the guys at Macro Kitchen. You can head to macrokitchen.com.au uh, and use the code Gang for 15% off. Pretty sure that exact same code works for combat as well. But Macro Kitchen, if you're in the Gold Coast, they do home delivery uh, of food that is always fresh. It's never frozen. So it's not a frozen meal that you've got to pull out of the freezer and defrost. It is always cooked fresh. Uh, they do deliver to uh, within a certain radius on the Gold Coast. Uh, or you can go and do in-store pickup or actually just go and eat in their restaurant. So uh, big thank you to those guys as well. We are also brought to you today by a Dry Times, officially the world's dopest towel. Uh, you can find out more by heading to drytimes.com. And if you use the promo code Gypsy Gang, you'll get 15% off. These towels have been born and bred on the beautiful beaches of the Gold Coast and they are pretty epic for beach days purely because they just won't bring half the beach home with you. They do a full-size beach towel as well as a gym towel and obviously it is heading into summer in a pretty massive way here in Australia and that thing is going to come in handy for sure. That's it from me. Uh, I really enjoyed this chat with Taylor, she is a G, such a cool chick um, and really excited. I hope we talk about it in the in the podcast, but I really hope she can get some fights. Um, it's been a frustrating year for her. I really would love to see her fight in person. If you go check out her Instagram, uh, just she's got the sickest boxing style. So um, really enjoy this one. Hope you guys too. And we will see you on the next one. Taylor Robinson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we uh, this one's taken me a little bit to get organised, so my apologies <laughs> for the uh, for the inconveniences. No, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, it's a busy busy time at the moment. Feel like the whole COVID thing. It's like everyone's feel like everyone's busier than they've ever been. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I've actually been so busy like the last few months. It's been insane. Yeah, so you, uh, you, you turned pro this year, right? Yeah, I had my first pro fight in February, yep. right before COVID shut everything down. Yeah, so you um, will give people some context. So you're professional boxer. You got third at the Com Games yep. last year. And were you going to go to the Olympics for Tokyo and then the whole COVID thing happened? And um, No, I actually – well, yeah, I was my goal was always the Olympics, but um, – after the games, I travelled around a heap and in October last year, we went to Russia for the World Championships. Oh, sick. Yeah, it was pretty mean. And um, after that, we did the whole year of just travelling. We did Europe, Indonesia. We did, I think we did USA. I don't know. We did all over um, fighting. And then after Russia, I was just exhausted and we had three weeks to tick over before the Olympic trials. And... Like, it's a weight-making sport, so my weight was fluctuating and I was just – actually hated the sport at that point. I was like, this sucks. And yeah. I, most people dream of travelling the world, doing the, the things they love, but I was getting to a point – it was like three years in, I was just exhausted. Um, and I was going to quit and then people were like, 
quit the sport and people are like, why don't you turn pro? Like you can work on your own clock, it's a business, mm. you make money, um, there's more of a show, there's more of hype. And then I was like, didn't con never considered it because the Olympics was always my goal. And then, yeah, I took, I took the advice and went pro and it's been a thousand times better being a pro. <laughs> yeah, because the boxing thing is kind of weird in the sense that you're like an amateur for so long. Yeah. And then you're trying to make a name for yourself, win Olympic gold and win, yeah. you know, Commonwealth if you're an Aussie. And then, but you can't make any money during that time. You're not really able to yeah. have like sponsors and stuff like that. No. It's kind of like a weird sport yeah. and wrestling's the same. And then you kind of have to transition into like this whole different pro yeah. career, right? Yeah. And it's like, you, if you get medals, you get funding. Mm. in amateurs so lucky enough like i got the medal at the games and then was performing well overseas that i was getting the funding to survive i'd got surviving not like yeah. living survive um but yeah i was like it's it just got to a point i was like i've got no life skills yeah <laughs> since uh, the second i turned 17 i was in a suitcase living on a on the national team in canberra or, and around the world i didn't know how to cook i was living in dining halls and hotels i was like I don't know how to pay taxes. I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. I was like, I need to start like living a little bit more. Like I was living, I guess in a sense, but like actually living in the real world. Yeah. And it, I'm glad I did it so early because it was such a shock change. Like living out of home, paying rent, electricity bills, insurance, like all these things I never had because all I did was live in like sort of like a fantasy land, just traveling around yeah. being looked after by the government, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. So right. yeah. So it was a big shock, and then I was like, "Oh, fuck. Like, sorry, I don't have a lot of swear." You but can say fuck. Okay, you cool. Can do whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, fuck." Um, like, what am I? I don't know how to like live now. And then I'm so glad I did it so early because I realized a lot of people who go live out their athlete career as an amateur till they're like 28, 29 to make the Olympics, they cross over into the real, real world, um, and they've never, they've never sort of lived a normal life and then I think they have to struggle to transition and a lot of um depression can come into it and they can't deal with not being that that athlete but I'm really glad I did it really young and now I've transitioned and I just love it love it now like love the pro game I get to live more of a lifestyle I can see my family now I'm not in a suitcase my camps revolve around me my fights revolve around me I peak and fight at the times I need so it's a lot more suited to my life. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool, eh? Yeah, the the whole yeah that that it's a whole thing in itself doing the amateur boxing thing and yeah, um, yeah. like yeah. It, it seems like it seems so um, I don't know like repressive in a way. Yeah, that you can't like so. How does it work? Like you're actually on the national boxing team, and then that's kind of yeah. it. Like you can't really step outside of yeah. that. Like do they kind of own your boxing in a way? Yeah, so. If I wanted to not go on a trip, it's fine. Like I can say no, but then I lose my spot. Another mm. the B B opponent will go, and I'm like, I'm not gonna give my spot up to the B opponent, and then they can fight for my medals. So it's just like ticking over. Um, Pull and this up yeah, a little bit closer. I was just like ticking over, and um, yeah, I remember I booked a trip to Bali. I messaged I like to um, Boxing Australia. I contacted them. I was like, hey, um, just want to know if we have any fights on in this period. We really want to book a trip with my friends um I'm not going to pay for it if I obviously my boxing is a priority I'm not going to pay for it if um you want me if I'm going to be fighting at that point um and they're like no you can go ahead book that looked at the calendar I don't think there's anything any events on anyways comes up 
two weeks before I go to Bali, paid for the whole trip, and they're like, oh, we're all fighting in Bulgaria. I was like, what? <laughs> you, on the exact dates that I booked Bali, and I was like, he's like, you don't have to go, but we'll send my beer point. I was like, I don't want them to take my spot. So I was like, I've lost all the money on that trip. I had to give it to a friend and then went to Bulgaria and I was freezing in like minus five degrees fighting, getting Snapchats from them at Finn's Beach Club. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. I guess you got to um, sacrifice that for, for the sport, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I guess like, so yeah, you sacrifice that to, you know, to be on that team. But is it essentially like, do you think it's worth it like to do that? Or do you think that you could have... So, like, let's say, like, MMA, for example. Yep. Like, you could be, like, Sugar Sean. Like, yeah. we'll just use him as an example of a guy. Like, he wasn't on a team. He wasn't on, like, a national... And yeah. But here he goes through the UFC, like, carves his professional lane himself yeah. the whole time. Like, yeah. is that... I don't know. Like, do you think it's worth it having that, that? Or do you think that you could just do it on your own in boxing? I think the thing... Being on the team wasn't necessarily what... I, I needed. I think the experience of versing these international opponents that are ranked world number one, two, and three were important because I could see what level I needed to be at. Mm. So being in these international camps and fights and um, really showed the level of boxing that I need to be at. Whereas if I wasn't on it, I would have been, I guess, in Australia where the level's not so high and I would have just been trying to match the energy here where now I'm, this isn't even on my playing field. I want to match the energy over there. Mm. so in a way yes but at the same time if i had the funny i could have done it myself and gone over mm. but yeah i think yes and no to that question yeah 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 i mean like i'm sure there's positives yeah there's obviously yeah. positives and negatives to all of it but boxing is such a it's so like traditional i guess in that yeah. sense hey? like there's such like an old school traditional route that you can go but yeah yeah you look at sports like mma or whatever and it's d yeah. completely different it's a combat sport yeah. so it's still so a similar it's, thing but it's so different it's definitely doing honestly that dana dana why is killing it like mm. the promotions he's making money everyone's obsessed with it He's doing something right. And I feel like that's what we need to bring to boxing. Mm. I think in boxing, especially in the professionals, everyone's trying to protect their records. So they're trying to like pad their records and fight people who they know they're going to beat up until they get to the world title. And then nine, eight times out of 10 in Australia, we get to the world title and we fight someone from USA who hasn't had a padded record. Mm. And we just lose when we get to that pinnacle. Not all the time. Like Jeff Horn proved us wrong and a few other, few other athletes, the Maloney's proved us wrong. But I think that's what's happening a lot. Whereas the MMA, they're so much smarter than us. They don't care about losses. Mm. They lose, they're fighting in, in the next camp and they're still... Conor McGregor lost a heap of times and he's still a household name, made millions. Mm. Whereas in boxing, it's like you lose and take 10 steps back, you're at the start again. Yeah, and I think too, like you look at boxing and there's just so many. There's WBO, WFO, yeah. like there's all <laughs> there's these... so many. And with the UFC, it's like... You're the UFC champ. Yeah. You're the best dude. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. there's, you know, like in Australia, they've got eternal MMA. So I feel like that is like if you win eternal in Australia, that's like the best the one. Best, yeah. And then you want to get to the UFC. It yeah. like, seems like very clear it's, steps. It's a clean path. It's very clean. It's, it's um, I know, they, they're, they're making it. We've got heaps of Australians killing it in the MMA. Mm. And, and they're not, they're fighting good fights. They're all like, okay, well, they're making good matches because no one's afraid of losing. Mm. They're like, okay, just get in the ring and we'll fight some, like, we just had um, a girl in Aussie, Australia from Sydney fight Cyborg. She lost, but she fought Cyborg. Like, yeah. she didn't shy away from the fight. She went in. 
that's what I want. Like, if we weren't afraid of um, losing in the pros, um, we'd have some awesome matchups in Australia, like quality, not just one person bashing the other. Yeah. It would be like wars. And then if you lose, it doesn't matter. You were both at that level, refight, fight someone else. Yeah. We'd have a, a mix of people fighting. It would be awesome. Yeah. It would be entertaining. Is there a good level of uh, like female boxers in, in Australia? Because I know your homies with Sky. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she's a bit of a G. Yeah, but she is. I watched that. Uh, who's that shotgun chick? Oh, Shannon. Yep. Yeah. I watched her on the um, the, la- the last Jeff Horn card. Yeah. yeah. And like that was a super entertaining fight. Yeah, so yeah. like it, it would does. It the most entertaining I thought of the night. Maybe. Oh, 100%, yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. We were, um, I was watching it at my mate's place. And uh, when she walked out, everyone's like, fuck, she's pretty hot. Like typical dude <laughs> yeah. shit, you know. And uh, everyone's like, yeah, she's pretty hot. I was like, found her on Instagram. And I was like, boys, let's just see how many followers she yeah. goes up while this fight is yeah. happening and she went up like 8,000 yeah. followers like while the fight was on. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. But it does seem like there's some sick Aussie chicks yeah. that are, are fighting. There is a, a lot coming through um, at the moment from the amateurs as well. So, but yeah, so Shannon, she's definitely one of the most established professional females. She's been in the pro for a long, long time. She's had like 28 pro fights. Um, and she, she's someone who hasn't been scared to fight, fight people. She'll fight anyone, which is where my respect to her really comes from. She, she'll, wherever the opportunity is available, she'll fight. Um, yeah, now she's still, still killing it. I think she's fighting this weekend, right? Yeah. 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 Against Corey Farr. And I offered Corey Farr a fight and she said no. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So are you in the same weight division as those girls? They just cut down now to my weight. Yeah, right. So, so what, Cor- what Shannon fight usually fights upper weight. Yeah. Um, but Corey's usually my weight. And I wanted to fight her, but um, no, they said no. Really? Yeah. Scared. <laughs> yeah, unless we wanted to offer a lot of money, which I was like, no. <laughs> so how does it how does it work? So like if you want to fight that chick or you want to fight um the shotgun chick, like how did how does it what's the process of making that fight happen from your end? Um well I just Tell my management. My management usually tees up my fights. So they'll they'll try to select the right fights for me in the right times in my career, et cetera. But um, I've been sending him a message every day, sending him names, sending him fight nights. I'm like, I want this, I want this. But we've been contacting them and they say no. Mm. It's so frustrating. Like this whole end of COVID, there's been a heap of fight cards I could have fought on. And we, we asked... Um, Ellie Bliss Reynolds for a fight, which is understandable. She needs to look after her own career. She said no. Um, we asked Ebony Bridges. I'm pretty sure I asked my management I wanted that fight. I don't know if he followed up on it, but I heard that nothing came back to us. And then um, just a heap of fights. And they, they keep saying, oh, um, I know they have to look after their career, but, like, come on, we need to get some fights happening. Mm. There was a chick I fought in the amateurs who I'm trying to – we're trying to tee up a fight with at the moment – I don't know if it's my management's end or, or theirs, but there was a heap of drama and I was like, I want this fight to happen because in the amateurs we fought five times. Um, I beat her four times. She beat me once. Um, so I was like, let's make – she's just turned pro. She's having a pro debut. I've had one fight. So it's a pretty even matchup. Mm. Um, but there's all this stuffing around and just not, it's just not happening. I'm like, why is it so difficult? <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's like with the – you want to talk about like the UFC, you just don't really get a choice. Yeah. Like they're going to – put on the fights that 
kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's fighting people they just know they're going to be. They're trying to pick pick people who've had like two amateur fights and two amateur fights for two losses. And yeah. they're like, oh, we want her. There's another girl from Sydney, I'm not going to name names, but she's she's my weight and she's like, oh, um, we're looking for an opponent for this for the Tim Zoo undercard. Um, this was ages ago. And Shara was like, yep, Taylor Robertson, same weight. Uh, so, oh, no, 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 we don't want that fight yet. We'll have this person, someone who they thought they were going to beat. This is a mum from my gym who doesn't even really f- – she's r- not fighting anymore. She just coaches in the gym. She still keeps fit. And they're like, oh, done. this is an easy win. We'll take her. <laughs> Jess ended up beating her. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, that's what you get for him picking your opponents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just sucks that there's no, like, one governing body that yeah. can – it's, like, up to people to make their own fights. Yeah. Like, that seems like it's not – as much of a sport at that point it's like you know i'm like come from motocross so it's like oh no i'm not want to go race there we're gonna make our own race over here and then it's just like me and a bunch of these fucking shit dudes that i can beat and then we'll put it up like yeah it just seems like it's a very messy convoluted sport very political i guess it's a very i've been learning recently because in the amateurs you have to fight anyone yeah it's like everyone would be in your division so like we got into a pool at the world championships it was like 24, 30 girls in my division gets put in a computer-generated drawer and spit out whoever, whoever. You could fight world number one from China first. You don't yeah. get to choose. Yeah. So if you want to be the best, you have to weed your way through. Whereas in, in the professionals, it's very hand-picked. It's very here, 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 hit the pinnacle. Yeah. Whereas Americans aren't really like that. They're very, they're very smart with their career choices, but they back themselves. So... Th- they're, they're willing to take those fights. Yeah, they're smart still. They won't jump in with someone who's 30 and 0 as a professional in their first fight because they've got to be smart with their career, but they're still fight, fighting hard fights yeah. the whole way through. So then when they reach the pinnacle, they're seasoned for it. Mm. They're, they're, they're seasoned and they're ready to take on and, and win that title. Yeah, Not just get there by handpicking opponents and then hoping they get the win. Who? What, what are the best countries in the world for amateur boxing? Um, men, Cuba, they won like, Oh dude. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. They won in the amateurs. They won like, um, I think at the world championships, they won a gold medal in every division, but two. And then those other divisions still got silver and bronze. Wow. I know they dominated it. Yeah. They even beat like, I think the only one that lost was to USA and USA is another really strong country. Yeah. In the females, I'd say China. Yeah. Right. China. They won a medal in every division, I think, at the World Championships. Um, they're just they're just tough. And they all look like men. Really? <laughs> they have shaved heads, Adam's apples, man's build. And I don't know how they make weight because they're so much bigger than us in the weight divisions. <laughs> What's the drug testing like? It's pretty solid in the amateurs. Yeah. Um, I know Russia got banned one year for yeah. drug um, doping. But, um, it's, yeah, it's pretty solid. Like, I got drug tested randomly all the time. Yeah. Like, I'd be drug tested at 11 p.m. at night. I'm in my room. I get a knock on the door and it's a saddle. I'm like, oh, it's so frustrating because you like, or after every fight, you, I, w- I remember when I won the Com Games, um, I wanted to go out and celebrate with my family and friends and Asada come up to me and like, oh, you could have come with us. And I was stuck with them for like two hours because you need a wee. Yeah. And I just was so dehydrated from my farm. like sitting there for ages and I drank all the water, but then my, it was too dilated. So then yeah. I had to wait. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Oh, so it was like really? three hours and I finally got out and everyone was celebrating without me. <laughs> so did, did you win at Commonwealth Games, did you? 
No, for the Commonwealth Games trials to make oh, the games. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Fuck, that's gnarly. Yeah, yeah. They just make you wait until you have to piss. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, I'd rather them like draw blood or something because then they can yeah. get it quicker. I wonder like, if the test is uh, like if the results come back quicker from the blood. Like the piss test probably comes back quicker. Yeah. Because the there blood test you'd to have to like send yeah. like to a lab or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, right. Dude, Cuba, man. Like they're, they're the same with wrestling. So yeah. they have like this national team and pretty much all of Cuba's just lives in fucking poverty. Yeah. So then they pull these guys, like if you make yeah. the national team for wrestling, or that's like your ticket yeah. to like a better life. Uh, like yeah. you look at, you know, like Yoel Romero yeah. in the UFC. Like, yeah. man, his stories about like growing up wrestling in Cuba are crazy, yeah. dude. They're all so, yeah, they're like, and I watch their like training videos all the time. You can pull it to you if you want oh, to sit back. Yeah, 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 I watch their training videos all the time on um, like YouTube. I like Cuban footwork drills. Um, yeah, I just like to study them because if they're winning medals, they're doing something right. Yeah, and that's what I like to think. If they're being successful, then they're doing something right. So that's how I like to study for my my own fights and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what um, like what sort of the level of coaching do you reckon they have? Like, do they? Because you'd, you'd think that, like, Western countries like America and Australia that have, like, really good coaching. But I I don't know. I guess, like, they, yeah. those guys must have some pretty solid coaching. Yeah. I, well, I've never been there because um, they don't actually have female boxing. It's illegal there. I think it's oh, just really? started to change. Really? Yeah. So the females... <laughs> Didn't have to worry about fighting Cuba, which I'm not complaining about. Yeah, yeah sounds like that's a good, good <laughs> But call. it does suck for them. Like, yeah. we never had to stress about drawing Cuba, but the men did. But so I'm not too sure what the coaching like, but I just know they must be doing something, something right. Yeah, because boxing seems like uh, it's really starting to get like super international. Like I, I saw um, my housemate, he loves boxing. Yeah. So, um, He's always watching shit, sending me shit on Instagram. And uh, he was sending me uh, some stuff of, like, Nigerian dudes doing pads. Yeah. And there's, like, even Nigeria starting to, like, yeah. do better in boxing. Yeah. Like, it's really starting to starting become, to like, a huge – obviously, it's always has been, like, yeah. a global sport. But yeah. it seems like nowadays it's just going crazy. Yeah. I think I think it's definitely – even Australian boxing through this pandemic has been insane. We've had the Tim Zoo card. We've had yeah. – um, the Maloney's over in um, America. We've had some Benny, massive... Um, Benny Mahoney. Yeah, Benny Mahoney. Um, we had, yeah, the Tasman Fighters card in the Valleys. We've had... This is the second show for Tasman Fighters, which is awesome. Keep Keeping all the fighters active. Um, Angelo DiCarlo, he's put on this his second show now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. I, I'm just jealous. I haven't been able to fight. Fuck, that must be yeah. so fucking annoying. So annoying. It's like just literally the lack of opponents. So people can put me on their cards, but who am I going to fight? Mm. So, yeah, if I can get someone to take the fight, that would be awesome. <laughs> have you um, have you ever thought about doing MMA or is it too big I, of like I a jump? I have thought or? about it. I have thought about it. Because how old are you? 22. Yeah, so you're still super young. Yeah, that's what... Like some of people have said to me, they're like, you're really lucky because if you could have two years off and you'd still be starting before some people have even started their boxing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. But I have thought about it. I just, I don't know. I, I can't kick. I'm, I'm sure I could learn. But I've also, we do wrestling in my gym um, to 
sort of practice being in clinches in boxing. So yeah. we like can warm up with wrestling or cool down with wrestling. Yeah. And like I had Jess in front of my gym who's a lot smaller than me and she's got a bit of a background in wrestling and all that kind of stuff. And Shara's, my coach Shara was like, put put lay on her chest and tell you have 15 seconds to get her off. Yeah. So like I was laying on the floor and she laid herself over my chest. Yeah. I just couldn't get her off. I was like, this, it was exhausting. I was like, wow, this is like hard. Yeah. I was like getting exhausted. I just wanted to like lay there. <laughs> and then we, I was like, okay, well, I'll easily hold her down then. So then like we swapped over and I laid across her chest. I had all my body weight on her. And then she just whipped me off. Like within five seconds, I've gone, what the heck? <laughs> Technique, baby. That's what it is. I was like, I never thought about it like that. I thought you just get on and wrestle. But yeah, that's, and then that kind of made me realize like there's a lot like so much respect to MMA fighters. They have so much to think about. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, for you though, like, uh, you know, you know, Josh Kuhn, have you seen any of his stuff? Oh, possibly. Yeah. He's uh, like one of the kind of hottest dudes in Aussie MMA right now. Like yeah. he's struggling to find opponents that yeah. will fight him because he is like, he had his professional debut on the weekend, 13 second knockout. Yeah. Nice. Fucking <laughs> That's awesome. Hectic. Like I was sitting cage side and, uh, he threw this like huge right that missed. Yeah. Like initially. And the fucking sound that his gloves <laughs> made going through the air. I was just like, fuck, get out the way. Everybody get out the way. And this dude, he knocked him out in 13 seconds. That's awesome. Just completely fucking bashed him. I, but yeah. He's got no, he doesn't really kick a lot. Like he can. Yeah. But I think that if you want to be good in MMA, like if you're a really great striker, which obviously you are. Yeah. It's just like take down defense. Take down. That's what I that's what I was thinking. That's what I'd have to learn. I have thought about it a couple of times. And I actually a lot of people don't like it, but I actually do like the brutality of it. Um I like getting in, in a shit fight. Like I like I I I, I like outsmarting the other person and that just adds more mm. more angles to how you can do it i guess yeah just more tools that yeah you can more tools you can use and draw from and i mean it's definitely not off the cards yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just i've got to like i mean even with this sports crossovers i'm doing i was gonna do mma for i was a, gonna say that yeah i was gonna do mma for an episode and then sort of base that on how i go and yeah and then see where would you do that you reckon um i could hook you up at the combat gym just down here yeah well definitely they um they have so it's a CMBT training center. Yeah, and they have like Josh Coon fights out of there. Um, Shannon Ross fights out of there. Um, that's where Benny does. Uh, he's like one of the boxing coaches yeah. out of there. He comes and spars at my gym a lot as well. Oh, he sick. spars with my um, team teammate Jack Bowen. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I was actually going to say like if you ever wanted to do one of your MMA. crossover MMA shows, like you yeah, should just I go should. there. I will. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. I might tee that up because at the moment we got a few. We were trying to get in cricket with Chris Lynn. Yeah. And then we got... Do you know Do you know him? Have you got... Yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah, in contact at the moment. Awesome. And then... I'm he's gonna, a legend. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's just in a bubble for the bash at the moment. Yeah. So we've, we've probably got to wait a bit. So then I'm going to also do dance. Oh, sick. Just because it's completely out of my comfort zone. What kind of dancing are you going to do? I'm hoping for like hip hop. Yeah. Um. Yeah, probably like hip hop. I'm like so bad at dancing so you got that footwork but yeah that's right yeah. i'll get the footwork going yeah. i just have no like rhythm and like to dance <laughs> but, well that's that will be entertaining i guess <laughs> yeah so give we'll give you people some context so you've started a show that you put out it's like a web series kind of deal yeah. and it's like a crossover thing so how did that yeah. come about 
Um, so it's going to be like sports crossovers. So there was sort of two two reasons why it came in. First reason was COVID was just finishing and I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I was sort of getting bored of boxing. Not not bored, but it was sort of comfortable to me to be boxing. Well, and then if you're not got fights to look forward to, like... Yeah, I needed an X factor and I was like... And then I was looking at other athletes that have crossed into boxing from other sports, like football players, um, Taylor Harris, even uh, like Justin Hodges who crosses over, Paul Gallen, yeah. all these football stars or any other star, YouTube stars, anything that cross over into boxing make a killing more than the boxers. Yeah. Just because, which is fine, then their name, they brand themselves and they they market themselves right to do, this, to do so. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I start doing sports crossovers and going to other people's sports? And, and start seeing what it's like to cross into it. And so that's what I've been really doing, I guess. <laughs> and so how did it work with the production of it and how did you sort of make it happen? So I ha- I met uh, Lolo and Quade Cooper. That was yep. my first episode. Um, I knew Lolo and then he introduced me to Quade. And then at this stage, it was just like a trial. We was, I was actually just going to train with them. We were going to film it and create some cool content. And then we did that episode and Lolo brought his film guy in, which is Yops um, from IA, IA Visuals. Yep. And he's the maddest dude ever. He's like, he's like my brother. He's so cool. And um, he's like, oh, I see your vision, sis. Like, oh, I want to jump on this. So we, I then got onto Instagram, started contacting a heap of athletes that I knew. And then yops was he's just been the best all he says is when i'd be like yo can we film here today he's like i got you <laughs> like that's it that's it <laughs> and then he edits it he films it he makes all the cool cuts that he does and he's so chill like he just freestyles it. he just comes in there's no staging of anything he just films us do our thing yeah comes and asks us questions while we do, do it um yeah and then i just text him once i get get another athlete i'm like let's do it again let's go again that's awesome so you uh you have done one with the Nitro Boys, so Harry and Top Dog and yeah, Sully. So how yeah. was that? It was so funny because obviously they come into my sport, so it's so yeah, you get them yeah. to do some boxing first. Yeah, so I threw them in the deep end and just threw them in sparring, and I jumped in there and sparred with them. It was just like a bit of doghouse kind of rounds, and as I'm like get, gloving them up there in the ring, um, Top Dog's like, "Oh, I've got t- broken hands." I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is boxing. Yeah, Why'd you, you say hands. yes? Yeah. He's like, oh, they'll be right. I just can't really shut up my fist. I was like, okay. He jumps in anyways. Still gives it a, like a mad crack. And they, him and Sully, they sparred. They went at it. I brought Zaya from one of my gyms. He came in to help sort of like mental the sparring a bit and jumped in, sparred with them. And we just did minute round changeovers and just kept changing out. So we all was just changing and sparring. I jumped in. So I was in and the four of us kept on sort of like a round robin. Yeah. We went for like 20 to 30 minutes straight and then we got out and the boys were wrecked. I was actually sweating a bit too. And then we left straight from there to the compound because it was in Burley. Yeah. And then um, I guess I had to get me back a bit for (laughs) throwing them in the deep end with sparring. And they're like, all right, you're doing a backflip on the motorbike. (laughs) I was like, okay. And how'd that work out? Honestly... It was sweet, and then I just had to push it one too far. I was like, I was like, I have to get this backflip. So I did it like six or seven times. And then the last time, the the only place in my on my whole body that wasn't protected was my eyes, because I didn't wear the goggles. And the handlebar smacked me right between my eyes when it landed, 
And then now I've got a nice little scar <laughs> split open. <laughs> My coaches are like, stop it. Like, you're a boxer. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't even imagine the, yeah. the management phone calls that went down. Oh, Shara was like, you're an idiot. Like, if you have a fight this year, that's going to be a worry. Can split open again now. I was like, still don't regret it. Yeah, it is what it is. Eh? Yeah. I mean, you can get cut boxing too, I guess. Exactly. I've never have. I've barely even had a black eye. Really? The second I jump on a motorbike. <laughs> yeah, motorbikes will fucking get you. Yeah. I've had my whole year has pretty much been cooked with injuries. Really? Like, I crashed a, a Harley in Vietnam. So we yeah. do like this Vietnam <laughs> tour at the start of every year. Really? And then just so sick. fucking hit a big bit of diesel on the road and then just pop my shoulder out backwards. No. Yeah, so like slid across the road, fucking bike cartwheeled into a ditch. So then I ended up having to fly home. I, we had like six oh my days. <laughs> we had six days left of that tour, so that was fucked. That's and then, insane. Yeah, and then I got a – that was in February and then got healthy and got sweet again. And then I went and uh, got a brand new bike – the day I got it, running it in, a fucking cartwheel broke my hip. <laughs> so, oh, so, you guys are insane, honestly. And I'm shit too. Like, yeah. they're actually good. So <laughs> it's like they get paid and it's like their mm. thing to ride and I'm fucking just, yeah, I just cop it. Even in my series, I was like, so what's your worst injury? Yeah. The both of them. So always like, nearly lost my leg, nearly lost my leg, nearly did this, broke my back, split a disc, broke this. I was like... Right, oh. <laughs> I was like, and people tell kids not to box. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a gnarly sport. Like, it is the, a gnarly. The ground just fucking doesn't yeah. care. Like, <laughs> you just get, get bumped. And then yeah. you've always got this big-ass bike chasing you. Yeah, time. yeah, true. But, yeah, I guess it is what it is. It right? is what, yeah. Do what if, because you love it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For the thrills. That's crazy that you've pretty much never even got a black eye boxing. No, I can't. Everyone's like, oh, what's your worst injury? I'm like. My worst injury was probably inspiring, not even in a fight. Mm. I can't even remember being hit hard in a fight, to be honest. Really? No. What What size gloves do you wear in, in amateurs? Like, has that got something to do I with think it? I it's eight, eight ounce. Oh, so they're small gloves. Small small gloves, yeah. Um, in the amateurs, it was 12 ounce. Yeah. But obviously, in my first fight, I didn't get hit. It was 56 seconds. Yeah. Um, Experiencing the eight ounce gloves, so... That's not a good... I'm sure I'll cop some big hits in the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the start of my professional career, so touch wood. Um, doesn't happen. But in the amateurs, the hardest hit I had was in sparring in Thailand yeah. against an African country called Botswana. Yeah. And she... Um, it was dirty, actually, because I was cutting weight, so I was in a sweatsuit, and it was two days before the King's Cup. So it was supposed to be light sparring at this multi-nation camp, so we had all the countries there. And... Um, we touched, I was, I, I had been cutting weight for, I'd been running in sweatsuits all morning, cutting weight. And we were supposed to do like a 40% spa. So it's just like almost shadow boxing. Just like touch sparring. Yeah, you know, just yeah. to loosen up. We're about to head to the competition venue. There was not supposed to be any high contact sparring. And we touched gloves and I wasn't even like, which tells you to always be ready. We touched gloves and she, as soon as she touched my gloves, she threw a massive hook and it hit my jaw. I felt like my whole jaw shattered. And then, like, I saw red. Like, I was so mad. And I, I was so dehydrated, so it was so dangerous. Mm. And I, I saw red and I, like, charged at her. I was, like, I was swearing at her. I was like, fuck you. And I got out of the ring. Like, all the coaches pulled up the sparring. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I've had my elbow there. I was, like, <laughs> in the corner. And then I like, pulled the sparring up. Get out, Taylor. Like, it's all good. Start skipping to cool down. 
still had my sweatsuit on and I started um, skipping to cool down and I looked at my teammate and I was like, have we sparred yet? She's like, yeah, we just sparred. I was like, who did I spar? She's like, I don't know, I wasn't watching. And I was like, and then she's like, I was like, are we, is it the morning session? It was the afternoon. I was like, I couldn't think, and I was in Bangkok and I was like, I can't think of what, what I'm, like I couldn't put my thing, thoughts together. And then the coach came over to me because she told the coach and was like, oh, and he'd made a joke and he was just like, he didn't take it seriously at the start. He made a joke and he was like, I was like, who did I spy? And he's like, um, Triple G. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone, I didn't put the, I was like, really? And I didn't even <laughs> question it. I was like, really? And he's like, no, you didn't. And he's like calling the other coaches, like, you need to drink some water. And I was like, didn't want to drink water because I'd been sweating to lose weight. Yeah. I was like, oh. So I was like pretending to drink the water. I was just sipping on it because I knew this was weight. I ended up going in the sauna that night and it was so bad, but I ended up waking up the next day. Couldn't fight a lot. I got pulled out of the competition. I was just really? throwing up, throwing up. And um, we don't even know what if it was from the hit or if it was from food. But then for five days, I was just couldn't eat. Doctors had to come to my room. I was just throwing up. Um, passed out all day and all night. And then um, they started giving me pills. And on like the fifth day, I started feeling better. And I was tiny. Like I was so skinny. I was like. I was cutting already to 51 kilos. I was pretty close to weight at that point. I think I dropped down to like 47 kilos. Oh, really? Yeah, and 51's a big cut for me to make 51. And now I'm sitting at like 46 kilos and all that. Wow. Yeah. So what's your walk around weight? Um, At the moment, it's like 54, 55. And so do you still try and make 51? Like, is that your... Um, I'm fighting it. My 53 and a half, but 51 I will be at back out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only at 53 and a half because of lack of opponents at 51. Yeah. So in the amateurs, I fought at 51 and I'd like to get back, be fighting there. But if I have to fight up at 53 and a half, if that's where the fight's at, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the process of like to cut that weight for you? In the pros, my last pro fight was amazing. <laughs> like I didn't even go on the sauna. I did my diet right. I did a full eight week diet, like nutrition for it. Um, I was training hard and I sort of just came off. Like I had dinner the night before my fight, which I'd never do. Like in the amateurs, I would literally not eat for a week. I'd have a boiled egg in the morning and a protein bar at night and just sip on water through the day, have ice cubes. I did it the worst. Like I'm not, it's not the way to do it to any amateur, but that's just being so young. I didn't know how to cut weight properly. Mm. People would tell me like you need to eat more, but I, I might've been like a literally like, something like I should have listened to but I was just like no like if I eat I'm gonna put on weight so mm. um you'd think being in the national boxing team that like that would be one of the big things that that helped you with yeah that's yeah they did have a nutritionist on board too and they would say you need to eat this this and this and it was probably me not listening but I was just like I'd try it for a week and I'd put on like a kilo and a half and I've gone no mm. so then I'd strip it back and they're like you need to let it go you like you need to like, keep continuing consistently do it but, like, every time I, – because I was checking the scales every morning, I was like, no, no, I'm putting on weight. Mm. Whereas I probably needed to let my body do that. I was, like, 17, still growing, so. Yeah, that would be the hard thing too because yeah. you're so young. You actually are growing. Yeah. But you're trying to cut weight while you're growing. Yeah, so I was jumping up to, like, 57 to 58 kilos, cutting to 51 as an amateur. Fuck that. I know, but now I've – I don't know what's happened. Now that I'm not stressing about it, I'm eating properly, I actually walk around at 54, 55, mm. which is – crazy because i remember how stressful it used to be <laughs> yeah i um 
I cut weight for my first jiu-jitsu comp and it was like, fuck, I had no idea right, what <laughs> I was you doing. How'd you go? What did you do? Um, I just like trained super hard. Like yeah. I'd, I'd train a lot and then I was just eating like pretty much like chicken and spinach. Yeah, really? And that was it. That's good. That's actually a, like, I mean, it would drive you insane. But oh, I was over it. Yeah. <laughs> like I had to lose like, uh, and then I got in, uh, I got in like the sauna the day before. Oh, but I, the worst. I, I, I had to leave saunas. like I had to lose like four kilos in a week. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I've done that overnight before. Fuck that. It nearly, the world championships and it's a wor- like, it was so bad that I had to be, I didn't sleep, so I didn't really eat. We were in Berlin. I didn't eat much in Berlin. And then when we got there, I jumped. So I had like three, four kilos. So I jumped on a treadmill for an hour in my sweatsuit, got off, lost 400 grams, cried. Oh, I literally, you would have been over it. I was like, and I was so thirsty. It was like yeah. my whole mouth was like cotton wool. And I was like, I need water, but I couldn't have it because then I just literally wasted that whole hour on the treadmill. So then I just like put some more sweet sweat on, put my clothes back on, jumped in the sauna and literally just laid there like a dead woman. And some old guy from the hotel jumps in with a big Powerade bottle. I don't think it was Powerade. He just skulls it while I was sitting in the sauna. I actually visualised punching him in the throat. I was like, I hate you. Get I'm like laying there. I couldn't even lift my head up because I was so dehydrated. And then I got out and I got to the kilo mark. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I like, I was like, I need a break. Like I'm like feeling shit. So I like laid in bed didn't leave my room and I was watching Modern Family and the guy in Modern Family was drinking like a rum or something yeah. and like it just looked like liquid and I was like oh my like I was dreaming of swimming in Powerade and and then I was like okay I need to do another stint so I ran a hot bath and then it kept happening all night I couldn't sleep because I was stressed about not making weight I was dehydrated so I went all night just in and out of the bath woke up in the morning and had like a kilo to go oh. hopped in jumped out lost 200 grams in the first and I was like crying i just remember sitting there crying and then i was like oh good this is water leaving my body (laughs) (laughs) and then finally made it and i like was dizzy i was like trying to get to the weigh-in scales and i like stood on the scales and just sculled the draw come out and i'm fighting in the 11 a.m session that day really so you had like no time no i had a small breakfast and heaps of liquid yeah yeah and how did the fight go um, it was a close fight, split point, but I lost to Ireland, which is understandable because I don't even know how I fought. Yeah. Yeah, that's so gnarly, man. Like that I've had a couple times where I had to do like kind of hard weight cuts, but that was just at the start. Yeah. And then after a couple of times doing it, I was like, this is not fun. No. For, like I don't no. want to do this. This <laughs> kind of defeats yeah. the point to me of like even competing so then i was just and the problem was was i'd sign up these comps late yeah and then i'd want to fight the i'd want to fight at my set like 73 kilos is what i fight at and i'll probably walk around at like 77 yeah okay yeah yeah so but now like i'm not sure whether it's just habit now but i just kind of don't go over 74 kilos that's smart like i'm pretty much like always at 74 and a half that's smart because then you enjoy it there's no i don't know why everyone feels the need to cut like 10 mm. kilos like i do because you want to be in the right weight because it's dangerous otherwise but it's smart being like that because then you enjoy the training you're not yeah. training to lose weight you're training to better yourself yeah yeah so. and you can like that the weeks where you cut weight you just feel like you get nothing out of your training yeah. and then mentally like you know, you have a bad night 
rolling for me and then i think about it like i yeah. stew on it and i'm like yeah. i yeah. fucking i hate losing like i yeah. never want to lose around i never want to lose a fucking yeah. point no and so it's like you you have these shit nights back to back to back yeah. to back and you just end up head fucked anyway <laughs> for the comp like yeah. so i'd rather yeah nowadays i'd just always just check my weight at the gym when i get there even if there's no comps on because i just yeah. feel like it's easy to keep your body at a certain yeah level and then you've only got you know you diet because i don't really diet that much yeah. like i don't eat shit I yeah pretty much i've got a bit of a sweet tooth yeah but, same. <laughs> but like other than that like i eat pretty pretty clean yeah yeah that's good i think if you've got like if you make it a lifestyle to eat like that and yeah. enjoy the food it's so so much easier it's healthier for one and it's so much easier so then you don't do the good old yo-yo where you just um yo-yo diet where you mm. eat stru- super strict and like you hate it and then you fight and then you binge eat for like two weeks and then you back up it's lost put on all that weight you lost over for six weeks or whatever it was yeah but yeah i think that's definitely the best way to do it just make it a lifestyle of eating choices i guess yeah the the um the the weight that some people cut like have you ever done like water load cutting and stuff as well yeah, yeah. yeah i've tried so many so you've them. tried like tons of different ways yeah yeah the water loading's good because you're hydrated when you get into the sauna not dehydrated mm. um and you're fuller like you're full off the water but it, it's actually quite tough and you're winging like a tap yeah it uh josh when he came and did the podcast the mma dude i was talking about yeah yeah he was had to drink it was like eight liters of water a day yeah, or something crazy yeah. fuck i couldn't do that and function like yeah. as an adult like i would just i couldn't drive anywhere yeah i, couldn't, I definitely couldn't do the podcast because yeah. i'd just be pissing constantly I, I yeah i've done that i'm just constantly racing to the toilet people think oh, i've got something wrong with me i'm like no no just loading. But yeah. explaining it to people who don't do any or know anything to do with combat, they have no idea. Yeah. They just don't understand. They don't even know we make weight. So they just, yeah. they don't know. <laughs> yeah. So like for people that haven't ever heard of water loading. So basically you overload your system with water for, it's like a week, isn't yeah. it? That you do it like eight, nine days. Yeah. And then, so you'll have like eight liters of water a day over that period. And then the yeah. night before the fight that's what you'll see fighters getting like bathtubs and saunas and and as soon as they start sweating their body just like Pours let's go out. of all of the water so you yeah. literally strip all of your water weight and then you can't have any salt because salt salt holds on to the, holds water. the water man that that's crazy like i was um because i had all these injuries this year i was uh, i haven't been able to train like normal yeah so normally i train pretty much every single day like yeah. from monday to saturday i'll train yeah and then i have sundays where i don't yeah and uh i haven't been able to do that pretty much this whole year like yeah. last week i did it was my first week where i trained six days yeah and then i said to text one of my coaches i'm like this is just a better lifestyle. Yeah, like yeah. when you train this much, it's such a good lifestyle. Yeah. Like, you know, I know about my sleep. I know my food. Yeah, I, you know yourself. I know my body really yeah. well. And, uh, and, but I sort of went like a little bit too hard. I said I was going to do, I was like, I'll do two sessions a week for a month to try and get my hip back yeah. and like build into it. And then I did like three sessions the first yeah. week and then I did, uh, seven sessions last <laughs> week so now i'm fucked i haven't just, I've, I've only trained once this week sometimes you just gotta let it or just do like um movement things and like yogas pilates like low impact and yeah I swimming. Try and do, so, can you swim 
Yeah, I just I probably should swim, eh? It's just because it's such low impact yeah. on your body. There's like it's so good. Um, because I know whenever we had injuries or like shin splints from running and stuff, they mm. get us in the pool. Yeah, because there's no impact on your body and you're still being active and you can recover recover a lot faster. Yeah, I, th- I was um, saying to my housemate the other day that I should get a set of goggles and swim in Tally yeah. Creek because we got the creeks like right by our yeah. house. Yeah, oh, awesome. So <laughs> that would probably be the move. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the, I never knew that salt is what retained water. Yeah. So if you, you know, when you're having electrolytes and stuff, essentially it's just salt water. It's salt, yeah. And then like now I actually eat quite a lot. Whenever I eat, I actually have quite a lot of salt yeah. on my food and then yeah. I'll have like a glass of water with it. So there's like all these things all that hidden. you learn yeah. through training. And I yeah. think that apart from like the training itself and what it does for you, I just think that it really locks you into a lifestyle. Yeah. And I've noticed that like last week, super on point, fucking trained every day yeah. because I was sore. I had to stretch and it's like yeah. then I was eating good and then I was like, I got to sleep. Everything complements each other. Yeah. So like you're doing one thing and then you've soon to realize when you're training, this is going to complement this and then this will perform better and then the sleep will complement that and then et cetera, et cetera. And you, all of a sudden like you – you're not doing those things. Like if you're not an athlete and you're out drinking every night, you don't need to do those good things because you don't need to perform yeah. or as such. But that's what I think it's so good about. And in any sport, having having that active lifestyle because you're so much healthier, which then affects your mental energy. And yeah. then so many good benefits of being, yeah, I guess active. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, like you said, yeah, the lifestyle component. Like when you make something a lifestyle, yeah, especially like you can make, partying a lifestyle exactly yeah you can make drinking a lifestyle you can yeah. make training a lifestyle yeah like there's all of you can make working a lifestyle yeah you've like that's been definitely one of the especially through covid for me like normally i'm traveling yeah. most months Same. of the year like yeah. constantly and then doing the whole covid thing like i have not gone pretty much anywhere yeah and <laughs> yeah. fuck i've learned so much more about myself in this year yeah than I have in probably the last 31 other years that <laughs> yeah. I've been going around because I got to sit in one place. I got to really like fine tune my routine. You yeah. know? Like I know I could pretty much tell you exactly what a good day for me looks like. Yeah. And like, and that's a pretty good repeatable day too. Yeah. It's not like I'd cram in all this different shit and then I'd be fucking flogged the next yeah. day. It's like, nah, this is what I can stack on top of each other. Yeah. And then once you start doing that for like months on end, yeah. fuck, you can see some pretty crazy results. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. It's awesome. Consistency. Yeah. I guess that's where the most results come from. <laughs> what's been some of the biggest changes for you for, through the whole COVID thing? Well, this is the longest I've ever gone without fighting since I started boxing. <laughs> really? Yeah. So... It's been really weird. I almost don't even feel like I'm a boxer anymore. It's only been like mm. since February. But um, I mean, I've been training boxing, but f- since I've been fighting, um, I really struggled being stationary at the start. Like it was like I needed to go somewhere. Um, but another big change, I guess I was in a relationship that was different because I was never really a relationship person. Yeah. Um. I got to sit back a lot and actually enjoy the things I never got to enjoy, actually. Yeah. So that was family, friends, um, going to my mum's birthday dinner. That was something I never got to do because I was always away. Um, Mother's Days, hanging out with my sister and her niece. I guess lots of family time, friend time, sort of connecting 
with all, all my actual friends on, on their level instead of just being on my own train all the time. Yeah, it right. It was actually really refreshing and it kind of something I'm going to bring into my actual life. Like when I go back into a camp, I'm going to try to incorporate a bal- and balance, balance a lot more because it's actually been really nice. Sort of be- being, I guess, so stationary and not on the go and not having something locked in and – I guess being an athlete, athlete, you have to be super selfish and it was really nice to actually mm. start looking into everyone else's lives that I was just blatantly not really looking into because I was in my so tunnel vision. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting that you say that because, I mean, I even feel like with me in business, I have to be real selfish. Yeah, you have to if you like, want to be yeah, successful. I, I tell people like, no, nah, not doing that. No, nah, yeah. don't ask me. Not, I won't go. Yeah. And, you know, like I turn down so much yeah. shit because it's just – you've got to stay like very tunnel vision but yeah. you can that it's like a pendulum you know what i mean like it can yeah. just swing too far yeah. that yeah. way and then you've just completely lost balance yeah exactly i think balance is something i've learned a lot actually over covid is like you can have a balanced lifestyle obviously if i'm in camp i'm not going to be drinking but i i need to teach myself um to i can go to the event come have a nice feed with everyone and then leave. Like I, I don't have to write the event off completely. Mm. If, if it's, it, it depends on the circumstance of the event, et cetera. But like I can go to the birthday dinners. I can, I can go to these things that I would always say no to because of training or I didn't want to be tempted or I, I guess I had to work on self-control, being, not being tempted into being around all those, all those people doing all those things that I, like I couldn't do. Yeah. And do you think that there's a, a part of you that, because there was like just like a hard cutoff. It was like no drinking, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. That, that it almost became like a like a fucking bit of gold at the end of the it, rainbow, it and then you're like staring at it, feeling like yeah. you're missing out. That's what it felt like. I was like, felt like I was constantly missing out and seeing everyone out doing things. And then even for my first, especially as an amateur, I never got to w- do any of it. I was away overseas in camps. I didn't even touch alcohol. I didn't touch alcohol for like. A year, I reckon. Um, maybe more. I didn't... When I turned 18, I was fighting in Poland. Didn't drink. I had a salad for dinner. I didn't eat. Um, and then it wasn't until sort of uh, in that transition from amateur to pro, I did a Europe tour with one of my good friends. Um, and I sort of got to experience having passes for dinner, going out, going yeah. out, having a drink at a bar and listening to live music. Just all the things I didn't really get to do. And I was like this is awesome. I was like, have I been missing out on this? I actually had a lot of fun, got a taste for it, I guess. And then when I came back, I went into camp. I was like, no, camp again. But then I was like, in this camp, everyone in Brisbane was like, oh, come to this gig. And I was going to them sober. And I was like, I had like a, a pre-workout or something. Yeah. Just to keep me awake because I was so tired from training. Yeah. And I still go to these things, be in bed by like 9, 10, for training in the morning. I was like, oh, I can balance my lifestyle a bit more as a professional. Are you like scared to step outside of like the guidelines are you scared of like what other people yes think? if i put something on my story with an al- can of alcohol in it everyone's on my bandwagon really like, i'm like i have no fights so i've been trying like it's like if anyone else was to do it no one would blink twice people like but if i'm at the beach with a beer in my hand or something everyone's sort of like she's not committed she's this she's mm. that um oh, you should always be staying ready. I'm like, I am ready. I was like, I am making a balanced lifestyle for myself. Mm. I'm so sick of people. That's what a pet hate I have. I don't. I still don't do it. I don't post anything about it because it's 
my pa- my page is an athlete page, but it's just so frustrating that if it does happen to happen, people are always first to it. Yeah, they'll just like jump straight on your case. Yeah, it, it, I'm not out getting pissed or anything. If I'm, I'm having a, a drink with some fish and chips on the beach with family, it's not on. It's I don't see what their problem is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially too like you're in a fucking fight, man. Like, yeah. how many cunts fight drunk at the pub? Yeah, <laughs> <You> yeah. <know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was it. like, yeah, it's not like it, it's not even in camp. It's even been through COVID. I went on a trip to Port Douglas because um, Queensland's been open, and I have nothing locked in. No fights. No opponents would say yes, and I was like sick of this. And I would normally never drink because I was like, oh, I could get, I could get a fight. I was like, Mum's like. It was her 50th, so that's why we went. And she was like, have a drink with me. Like, it's my 50th. I was like, you know what, I will. <laughs> and um, put up, like, a vlog. And there was, like, n- you couldn't see me drinking, but, like, there was us off the boat. And there's obviously people were having mom's birthday dinner, were having drinks at the dinner. And I did get some messages like, oh, aren't you staying ready? I'm like, I've been training full time. I was like, I'm, mm. I'm at my mom's 50th. Get out. <laughs> Get yeah. out of my, my inbox. Yeah, that shit would be pretty frustrating as a as an athlete, and I guess like people just don't even think about it. Like the yeah. average person just like would not have to no, go through that yeah. at all. They wouldn't. They can they can post a photo of some at their friend's twenty first or something, and it's fine. Yeah, if I was to, I just don't do it to be honest. <laughs> but if I was to do it, people are more like we they, they like send it to people, and I hear back from my coach like oh they 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 think you're um, out drinking, you're not taking it seriously. Mm. I'm like. It's not like that at all. <laughs> I think too, like, I mean, for my for my end, right? So, like, I went, I don't think I did any form of, like, drugs at all until yeah. I was, like, 24 years old. Yeah. Because I was just, I was, like, had fear of what yeah. everybody had told you and you'd yeah. see people around doing shit and you, it was, like, this fearful thing and then you're, like, you do drugs one time, you're yeah. going to be a fucking drugger. Yeah. And then it's just, you're like... you a crackhead and yeah. a homeless crackhead. <laughs> so, like, that's just, a, a, like, me as a normal person. Yeah. So, like, can, I can't imagine being, like, a, a boxing, yeah. like, athlete. And then you'd have all of this, like, people pushing that kind of fear on you. Like, yeah. don't drink. You can't... It's yeah. like, all right, just if you have one drink, you're not an alcoholic. Yeah. But there yeah. is that kind of, like, fear, you know? Yeah, there is that. Everyone thinks... And, and I hear it, I hear it, people say it to me about other athletes too. And I'm like, shut up. They're like, they're like, oh, did you see this person was out drinking on the weekend? Like a, to a normal person you wouldn't care about. They're another boxer. And I was like, so what? <laughs> I was like, do they have a fight coming up? Who cares? So they'll get beat. They'll get beat. They're not staying ready. I'm like, they're like, they're like who's more committed? Not them. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with that commitment. Yeah. Cause I was it, like, it depends. Are they a week out from a fight? That's a different story. Mm. Then I'd be like questionable, but. Well, dude, Dennis Hogan come on the podcast and talked about doing DMT. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a fucking lord, that dude. Oh, damn. No, I think when I was in, when I, I tried hallucinogenics for the first time in Amsterdam, because it's legal there. Yeah. And me and my friend, we took um, truffles and we, were yeah. in, we locked ourselves in our hotel room in Amsterdam. And, um, I ended up FaceTiming my mom too. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did you tell her you're on mushrooms? Yeah. <laughs> your mom she sounds like, like a G. She is a G. She was like, you're in Amsterdam. I'm like, it's the experience there. It's legal. You're not doing anything wrong technically. Yeah, yeah. And um, we locked ourselves in our room and I remember it was like eight hours and it was so full on. And we were like, I was like, sit, I went into my uh, the bathroom because at the start, I just started feeling sick. I tasted disgusting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I went over to the um, the toilet because I thought I was going to throw up. And I sat there and the f- floor was heated in, in Amsterdam because it was winter. Yeah. And um, 
like looked at the floor because my like heating my legs up and I looked at it and there was like patterns on the things and then I like stared at them for a bit longer and they started like jumping and moving and I went no way I was like Ida that's my friend's name like, Ida come here and we're both 30 minutes just like staring at the floor <laughs> so, like on the floor like looking at them like, look at this one look at this one and we'd come out my ho- my phone was like going through my hands and I was yeah. like I was like this is so crazy. <laughs> That's uh my um oh Harry you know Harry yeah so yeah. I, I was um I was doing mushrooms and I saw his phone background and like he's got because his wizard glove oh no and like would... I was just fucking <laughs> staring at his phone for so long and now like anytime I see that design yeah I get that you... exact same yeah. visual. I had the moon. I downloaded. A f- I was trying to be normal. I was trying to like link back to reality. That's what we kept saying to each other. So I need to be in rela- reality and then got my phone. And so went was Instagram. that full on? Like everything was... We kept, we had to call people to bring us back to like reality. It was so full on. And we were like... Um, I was trying to search for Instagram. It felt like my finger was gone through my yeah. phone like this. And then a photo of a moon came up and I've gone, no way. Someone had t- had a telescope and taken a photo and put it on the feet. Yeah. And I was like looking at it like this and I was like coming off my phone like a hologram and things like spitting out and i remember at the a- end of the eight hour trip i was like little laying there exhausted and i was like i wonder i was like i'm i think it's done like i think i'm over it i pulled the moon up again to see if it was done still turning <laughs> and i've gone i've downloaded a gif it's a gif I was oh like, so it no was no moving. it wasn't a gif oh. it was a photo but oh, you it thought. had been so long i've been in this trip i was like it must be a gif because it's still moving and Ida's like, no, it's a photo. I was like, it can't be. I was like, we're done now. I feel soberish, and it was still twisting. <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty. They're fucking pretty awesome. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. I I remember. Um, there was one one of the times that I did it. I was like, I was texting. I was actually texting my ex, and I was pretty much being <laughs> like, I was like, I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> I can't talk to you. Please stop talking to me. <laughs> And I'm like, I remember like texting and my fucking thumbs were just like, <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to put my much. phone down. You like, can't deal with yeah, it. Yeah, I can't be doing this. Yeah. They're fucking awesome experience. It is an awesome experience. I recommend once in your lifetime to get onto it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I reckon, yeah, everyone should for sure. Well, yeah. not, all right, not everyone no. should. If you've got any sort of like... Epilepsy. Yeah, like any. if there's any stuff going on like that, then you definitely shouldn't. But if you're yeah. like what you'd call normal and you can handle doing other Happy, stuff, you, healthy. Should, you should definitely try yeah. to do it. But like Dennis said that it, Dennis has used it as like a tool to unlock a bunch of stuff really? in his like psyche. Like, man, you should listen to him talk about it. I'd love to. I'm going to have to come. I'm going to listen to that podcast. Yeah. Like he's such a cool guy with that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he like really uses it as like a tool to, to try and like self-improve. You That's know? so awesome. Yeah. And like so many people, you know, like for he's a world champion level boxer. You yeah. Know? Yeah. People, Tyson Fury, Um, he posted an interview <laughs> they're like um i'm not recommending this to fighters <laughs> because he's a heavyweight doesn't have to make weight or anything um after his fight he's won he's eating a steak and a beer it's like they're like asking him questions he's like yeah i had a beer the night before my fight ask my team they're like no you didn't and he's like yeah i did don't lie <laughs> and then he's like it's like oh, i can have some beers and i was like i'm a full-grown man <laughs> it's like well the thing man i like fighting is it's not like you're doing the tour de france or like you can literally like you knocked out that chicken 50 something seconds yeah yeah you know what i mean i didn't even sweat I, it was actually almost disappointing because i really wanted to have a fight like a proper fight i always say that too it's funny like 
the I did the state titles for jiu-jitsu a few yeah. months ago. And then I was like, I hadn't been training at all, but I won them last year. So then yeah. I was like, I want to win at every belt level. Like, I yeah. wanna, that's the, something I want to do. Yeah. So then I was like, fuck it. I signed up, went in. It was I was lucky. I just had like a straight final. No one else fucking yeah. showed up. So I was like, sweet. Saying to my mate, I'm like, I'm just going to get in and out. I'm just going to fucking rip this guy's yeah. leg off. And, <laughs> yeah. then I'm, and then I'm going to dip. <laughs> and then I ended up winning in 30 seconds. And I was just like, then I was bummed. I was like, yeah, fuck. It's I, over. <laughs> I was like, I wish I like, y- you want to get, you want to guarantee that you yeah, win, yeah. You, but then you also want to go like the full time. Yeah. But then in reality, you want to be a beast, but you also want to enjoy the fight. You want to, yeah, get the experience of the whole fight. Yeah, and then I just walked away. I did the same thing. I was like, Fuck, <laughs> I kind of wish that, but I wish it went a bit longer because yeah. it just didn't feel like, yeah, you know. You, and you spend. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but whenever I do, like whenever I've got a comp, a con- comp coming up, I'm just so nervous. Like, there's just yeah. such like a feeling of just constant i don't know it's just constantly there yeah it's like it's know, with you yeah, the whole time yeah. and i'm just like fuck off i'll deal with you on saturday <laughs> just like leave yeah. me alone but you can't get your mind no. off the job that you have to do yeah do you listen to much music and stuff before you fight nothing do you like no. to keep zen <laughs> well so um a really famous aussie grappler he's like one of the best dudes in the world craig jones so I used to listen to music and I'd pump myself up and I'd get all hyped up. And I had like the first bit that I competed, I struggled like just to roll like how I did in the gym. Yeah. And like I'd go in the gym and I'd just feel like I'd never be nervous about anyone. I didn't care if I was rolling a black belt, a blue belt, a purple belt. Like it just didn't matter like because it was just the gym. Yeah. But then I'd go to the comp and it's like just fucking – guys that are like at my same level so it's yeah. you know what i mean like because you're in this yeah. belt order but i'd just be stressing and then i wouldn't yeah. roll like i'd normally roll in yeah. the gym and then i was talking to this guy craig and uh i asked him do, do you listen to music and he's like well do you listen to music before you roll in the gym i'm yeah, like no no nah, just he's like what do you do and I was like, I don't know, I just like fucking drink water and then just wait yeah, for the buzzer yeah. to go off and yeah. then I just roll. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, maybe you should just try doing that yeah. in the comp. Being here for work, exactly. You perform better in the gym sometimes, so. Yeah, so then I just stopped from then on. I yeah. just was like, I don't take headphones. Yeah. I'll like sit on Instagram, fucking just, yeah. just chill. Just I'll, chill. I like to stretch and make sure that, um, make sure I have sweat. Like, because you get like that adrenaline dump. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like you've got to do something like I'll do a bunch of push-ups like real hard, like real fast hard. Yeah. So it's like intense yeah. like, work that shocks your body. Yeah. And then your body gives it's you like that. when you get in. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. I, I used to be too cool when I'd go in in terms of my body and yeah. then you'd get real like fatigued like instantly. First yeah. time you make any kind of grips, you get real pumped up. Yeah. But yeah, so I stopped, uh, yeah, stopped doing music and did a real hard bit of workout and then... I just fucking cruise. Yeah. And the other thing I started doing too is I do the same thing every single time. Superstitious? Like, nah. Nah, yeah. just like – so I'll go like you got to – there's a referee in the middle and then so you got to shake his hand and then you slap hands with the dude that you're about to fight. So I basically like when they call you onto the mat, like I pretty much like sprint into the middle, yeah. shake the dude's hand tap that dude's hand and then I run back to the very edge of the mat and then I run in run and I've in. got the same same thing that I do every single time yeah. and in my head it's because uh, 
I'll I'll just force the position yeah. that I know. Yeah. And even if the dude like starts passing and beats what my position that yeah. I was trying to get to, at least I know how I'm forcing the thing that I have to defend even. Yeah. So yeah. I'm forcing my attack and I'm also forcing his defense yeah and so yep. i can be ready for both of those for both of them. so i don't even care if like it doesn't work yeah because i already i've got a plan b straight yeah, away yeah and then from then on just whatever yeah no that's good i i've been told to, that our national coach told us um in the amateurs as soon as you touch gloves go straight center like go straight in he's like yeah um not only are you going to be showing them you're holding center ring but also it shows the judges you want to be in the fight mm. um so as an opinionated sport on yeah, the decision yeah that's another just a little mental trick for judging like you can if you're showing you want to be there then then if it's a close fight these mm. are the little things that are gonna temper the decision yeah like ring control ring and control and aggression yeah. stuff like that chris yeah skills if they see that you're a skilled fighter someone's just a brawler and it's a close fight sometimes i want to they'll want to show the person that's actually like the, the more skilled, yeah, dude, the more yeah. talent. Like yeah. you can tell they train hard for, for this. Yeah, not just came in the ring and hoping big swing, no ding. Yeah, thing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely helped me to just have that. Like now, I just I don't have to think about it. Like yeah, every single every single comp, I do the exact same thing. Yeah, and it just takes away like one stress. But like, so my coach, one of my coaches, is one of my best mates, and he. He listens to music before. So yeah. I, d I th definitely think it works differently. Like people know what gets them in and out of yeah. the zone. Yeah. But I just feel like it's such a, for me anyway, it's such like an anxious. An anxious. Moment. Yeah. It's like I don't need to be more hyped up. Like I, I'm pretty yeah. ready to fucking go. I don't like listening. Everyone's like, oh, you should listen to this song with your fire. It's like some big rap song or some filthy drops or something like that. And I'm like, I was like, I couldn't listen to that. My heart rate's already gone like this. Yeah. That would just send me through the roof. I, if I'm going to listen to music, I need chill. I need to like just breathe and just relax and bring mm. my heart rate back down a little bit. Actually. Like I don't want it to be more high. Mm. So Everyone's do you, do different. Do you listen to music at all? But you just listen to mellow shit? Not right before. Um, maybe on the bus ride to the event or something. I listen yeah. to mellow, mellow stuff, but then at the event, no. Yeah. There's too much going on. Like I've got to start warming up, wrapping up. It's almost like stresses me out having the distraction in my ears as well like i'm like oh no i just need to focus mm. um i don't need my heart rate just want to sit breathe and you know relax it on instagram if i want to just to bring me out of the hecticness of everything yeah. in the locker room and then yeah i've i've almost stopped listening to music on shorter car rides even too yeah. like a lot of times like even like when before you got here i went and got a a croissant down the road yeah and it's like a three minute car drive yeah so it's like even to me now it's like a, you get in the car and it's like i automatically plug my phone in yeah. and then I, i'm like trying to find a song and then yeah. you drive and then you're and clicking then, there yeah. and it's just I so feel, much yeah i feel <laughs> so like we're much. adding so much shit yeah to like so a, much stress to unnecessary the croissant yeah so <laughs> yeah exactly and then my house is two minutes that way as well yeah so it's like what's the point of fucking if and that's if I am stressed, like if I've got a lot of different stuff going yeah. on. And because you you get in the car, you got that music going, and then I'm already thinking about work shit. Yeah. So it's like you've got this noise that's coming in, and then you've got noise in your own yeah. head. So you've got all of these fucking sounds. Thinking and about where you're going, what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. And because I've been doing this uh, 
last like two years i've been getting super into like meditation yeah and uh once you start to well for me anyway once i've started to realize the uh the silent like there's a there's silence like if you really stop thinking and you can control your thoughts and you can uh really sit and be still and get into like that space yeah it's silent yeah and it feels nice yeah and then i need to do that (laughs) oh you don't do any of that oh no i don't i should i really should i've just got i've like add i'm just like constantly here 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 and i need that like Mm. but sometimes like i feel real like i feel comfortable in being chaotic i Mm. don't know why i feel when so much is going on i feel really like not anxious i feel i need it Mm. whereas sometimes if i just sit like if i'm at home i'm just sitting there i feel uncomfortable (laughs) i'd say that's common though it is i think that that would be like what most people would experience and that's why those phones do it to you the notifications that you get and like the the thing that i mean i've spoke about it on here a bunch of times like the companies like instagram and facebook and youtube they spend billions of dollars on the world's best engineers and the yeah. best the best people to keep you on, on their platforms phone. and to keep you uh, every time. Like how many times have you had your phone in your pocket and then you've thought you got a message and you didn't? Yeah, yeah. That's your fucking brain. Yeah. Being like, check your phone, check your phone, yeah. check your phone, check your phone. And, and it does. Everything we see on our phone is is like what we become accustomed to. So like if someone wants us to think a certain way, if they put it on those apps, we start to mm-hmm. inevitably think that way like we think things that we wouldn't normally think about if we're seeing it on our phone then we start thinking about them and it puts us in that mindset so they really are controlling us through our phone a lot oh 100 <laughs> and i say it and i still go back on my phone too. oh and i make shit that goes on the phone yeah and like yeah. we all do <laughs> we all do but i think you just gotta like yeah it's gotta good learn to, to control it like you be able to be in control of the phone i guess well you you need to use it as a tool yeah use it to your advantage yeah and there are huge advantages oh, yeah. to you know being on social media yeah. to posting on social media you can hype your fights you can show yeah. your training you can let people in on yeah. what you're doing like there's so many advantages to it yeah such a great platform for so many good things but if you don't know like that's the again it's like this the pendulum it's like that's that side but then yeah. you, you sort of need to have balance you've got to know that side yeah and that's definitely one of the cool things about the meditation side of things is like you can go to just silence like yeah no thoughts no feelings none of that and you do can, you have an app or is it yeah, yeah 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 so it's called waking up yep and the guy that runs the app his name's sam harris yeah and he's a like a world-renowned neuroscience uh expert so there's no like uh because the thing that i thought about it from the start and why i probably did like didn't want to do anything like that was because of all like the ultimate love and like all that shit i'm just like fuck just give me the yeah just give me the tool like just tell me what you do to get to like that place to chill but uh and that's what this dude does yeah and all it is too like you just sort of it gives you questions like all right so can you notice this can you notice this yeah and then it sort of just goes like these deeper levels of you just like noticing the patterns it's like can you just focus on the only on your breath like the sensation of breathing like can you follow it all the way in and all the way out without getting distracted by another thought yeah and you'll do two and you go fuck 
yeah. I've started thinking about something else. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, so what is that? What is that thought? That's Does come it, in, yeah. Yeah, it's like it comes. And now watch, wait, now instead of looking at your breath, watch that thought and see where does that go. Does it stick around? If yeah. you don't, and it's like, so you can't keep thinking the thought. Like, so if the thought come in was, I've got a podcast to do at 10 a.m., then you've got to cut it off there and look at it, not keep thinking anything about the podcast at 10 a.m., but just look at that initial thought and then see where it goes. Yeah. And then you notice that it's not even there when you look for it. It's already gone. Yeah. So then you can do this constant process of, and then you're like, oh, that thought's gone now. Okay, so I'll go back. My original thing was to focus on the breath. Yeah. So then you go get another two and then a different thought comes and then you catch it again. And then you look at yeah. it and you're like, okay, it's gone. Go back to it. And you just do this process over and over. And then you, because I think people like the problem is you get a thought and then you identify with it. Like you are that thought yeah. essentially. You're like, oh, I've got to do this podcast at 10 and then, and then you're off. Yeah. Like you're off on, it's like a train of thought. It's like you get on it and then you fucking ride it. Yeah. And then at some point in the station, it drops you off. You could be, it could be a happy thought that keeps you happy for like two minutes. It could be an angry thought that keeps you angry all day. Yeah. Like you're on that train all day. Yeah. And then at some point you get off. Like you've never you've never stayed angry forever. No, yeah. You've probably been angry to the point where you thought you'd stay angry <laughs> yeah. forever. Yeah. But that's like that identification process. Yeah. So that's where like this app in particular is really great at explaining like Why? you just notice and you're yeah. like so then next and time understanding your own thoughts that's yeah. actually such a good yeah i'm gonna jump on that it's so good he's got a book as well really but like, what's it called waking up it's waking the same up. as the app mm. yeah but man i've done like it's in the app but like hundreds of sessions this yeah. year yeah I'm, I'm gonna jump on that yeah it's so it's been the most rewarding thing i've done yeah. for the last set for a challenge for myself yeah well there's a there's a 20 i think it's like a 21 episode oh it's like a 21 um 10 minute so there's 21 10 minute uh episodes on this like intro course and it kind of takes you through like the whole like map of it yeah but um but yeah i mean it's it's cool like you know you get angry now or like i'll get angry about something now and i'm just like oh at some point this goes yeah like it's, it's not, it's not per- like none, none of these thoughts are permanent. Yeah. None of these thoughts are what I actually yeah. am. What I am is the thing that happens, but like the thing that's always here and the thoughts come and go in and yeah. out of. Yeah. So it's like at this point now I've done it so much that I'm just like something comes in. It makes me angry. I can recognize pretty quickly. I was like, ah, oh, this is another one of those in and out kind of yeah. things. So it's yeah. like, I just, I don't need to keep this around any longer. Yeah. Then yeah. it then it doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. No, that's so that's yeah, so true. Just so much good understanding it as well like mm. cuz when you get caught up in being angry or sad or whatever it is, you really do cling on or I do, I cling on to it. Everyone does. Yeah. That's like the default setting. Yeah. And and I think that there's just like levels of mind yeah and there's you know like and it's one of those things too it 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 makes it easier for me to understand other people being shitty yeah because it's like oh that's a certain level like you are identifying with that feeling or that emotion and there's 
it's like they're operating unconsciously. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. They're just completely on autopilot. Yeah. So you're like, I can't be mad at that dude. Like yeah. he obviously doesn't have a choice in that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a different level up <laughs> of thinking really. Yeah. Pretty much like I, I think that's sort of what it is. Yeah. Like there's, you can be thinking without knowing that you're thinking. You can be thinking and knowing. Then recognizing. Yeah. So there's all these different yeah. levels and then you can just be not thinking at all. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, what you'd... Uh, say like some real fucking advanced sort of dudes are yeah. but there's people that have done like ten thousand plus hours of meditation like it's, it's insane they call them like olympic meditators <laughs> like it's fucking <laughs> hectic man that's actually crazy they'd be so like with themselves like they'd just be so in touch with everything yeah i couldn't even like even me doing it for a couple of years i couldn't even like i don't even think i could fathom what they would know yeah, their brains was just so superior. That'd be like... That'd, <laughs> Superior brains. <laughs> well, that'd be like me boxing for like two years and yeah. being pretty good at boxing. And then compared to your level of just the nuance of understanding... Yeah, yeah. ...would be so... Uh, like you just have these details that I couldn't even understand yeah. if you explained them to me. Yeah. Because you're just not even... You don't even have like enough info to try and digest that new info yeah yeah i feel like even now with a lot of the things i'm always learning like the day you stop learning get out of the ring like people think they know everything they don't i think you never not even just in the ring you just never stop learning yeah um and i learn I, i'm always like I'm, I'm not the the best i can always be better yeah whether it's technically physically speed strength whatever it may be i can always be better in some aspects of my training and um i feel like everything that i've learned from i was thinking back to the day when i was trying to tell people some drills and stuff some footwork drills and i was like explaining to me it was muscle memory i didn't even have to think i was just yeah. like i was doing it and then i was like trying to explain what i was doing and i was like this is really difficult to explain and they just couldn't they were like tapping their feet they just couldn't get it and um I was thinking back to when I first like learnt because there's these things I don't know if you know in boxing there's parallels and diagonals in terms of like your footwork like yeah the way your feet work so yeah. parallel is same hand same foot and diagonal is opposite hand opposite foot movements oh uh, yeah so you trans diagonal is good for transferring your weight and bringing your head off center and parallels are just standard boxing yeah and they both work traits depending on who you're fighting. Etc. So and like, like switching them up even like in yeah. between. And I, whenever I try to bring people from parallels into a sort of more experience, I guess a diagonal, I think that they stopped calling them diagonals now, but they changed the name all the time. But um, when I, I was thinking back to when I first learned and I was like 14 in this training camp in Melbourne and this coach spent forever with me and he was like, here, here, here. And I was like, couldn't get my feet right. So now I, I don't even think about it. Like it's not yeah. even a thing. Like it's just boxing. But I was like trying to break it down to these people and I was like, brought me back to when I started learning. I was trying to say it how, in my head when I was trying to think back to my brain thoughts when I was just getting so frustrated with it, how I can then give it to them and like yeah. deliver it to them in a way that they'll understand. Yeah. Because you, the more you think about it, almost the harder it is in, yeah. in the footwork. And I was like, oh, so I'm trying to like get a grip of how to deliver all the information I know now uh, as I'm starting to do more um, PTs and and help people myself as well like while covid's hanging around and it's just been a lot harder i feel like that's why coaches are so um 
unique. They may not be the best fighters, but they can deliver the information they're trying yes. to say. Whereas I just do it. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, how do I explain this to you? Well, that's one of the, I was going to ask you about that actually, like with the coaching stuff that you do, are you finding that you're actually learning like more, m- like learning more of yeah. stuff that you know already yeah. because you're having to articulate it? Yeah. And the more I'm seeing other people make these mistakes and I'm like, no, do this, do this, do this. I doubt double recognize it now when I'm doing it myself. Like mm. I'm more onto it. I'm like, oh, like I'm telling these people practice what you preach. Like, so yeah, it has been, and like I'm more aware of all the different things and like constantly watching people, like I'm more getting it right. I remember the first time I worked with a national coach, um, Kevin Smith. Um, he came to my gym when I was like 15 or 16 and he came in and, um, I was so excited. I was working with a national coach for the first time and my coach was like, he's going to do pads with you because I was about to go to the Philippines with him. Yeah. So he wanted to come in and meet me and I was like, I was the youngest girl and I was going with the Olympic team at the time for the Rio Olympics and um, I was really lucky to be selected, I guess, at that age to go on that trip and then he worked on just a jab for like an hour, not like 30 to 40 minutes. We just jabbed and he do- he's a man of few words. He doesn't say much and like I threw my jab and he just went and pulled this face at me. He's like, like and, he, and he didn't say anything. And he just goes like this, like turn my knuckle in more. Yeah. So I do it again. And he's like, no. And then he's like, hold your, he held my hand out like this. And he's like, that's wrong. And I was like, why is it wrong? He's like, that needs to be there. He's like, when it's up, the power transfers that way. Yeah. So you're, there's no, there's no power in that. He's like, here, you need to go straight. So then I got that. And then... Punch again. He's like, no. <laughs> he looks at my foot. He's like, squish a bug. He's like, squish a bug with your front foot. And I did that and I did it again. He's like, now you're hip. And like, we're just breaking it down for so long. And then after that, I was just practicing the mirror, just my job for ages. It's just crazy. Like, that, that way he broke it down for me. Now I break it down. Now when I deliver, I think back to all the coaches that work with me. And now I, yeah. when I'm coaching, I, I'll break it down the same way I've been delivered. I try to. Yeah. Because it obviously got through. <laughs> were you like obsessed with boxing absolutely obsessed like even before i started making teams i was in the gym twice a day i was at 11 12 and i was running to the gym and i got obsessed with being fit it was actually not good because i realized you got to have rest and recover but i was obsessed I, i just as a young girl thought the more i train the fitter i'll be the better i'll be in the ring i need to be fitter i need to be better and I remember my coach when I was like 12 at the time, he's like, showed me like jab, cross, hooks. He went through all the punches. I, I was like, do I know everything now? Is that all the punches? I was like, do I know it all? He's like, not even close. <laughs> That's so sick. And I just wanted to learn more and then more and I wanted to know more, be better. And there was a guy who I trained with, Josh Adams. Um, he doesn't box at all anymore, but at the time he was the best in the gym and we were, he was a young boy and we were the same height. So he was my sparring partner and he was so good. For, to me, I thought he was amazing. And he was just, he, he won some national titles. He definitely doesn't box anymore, but I'd always come to the gym and I wanted to get more sessions in because I wanted to be better than him. Mm. So whenever we'd spar, I'd get really mad because he'd always beat me up. Not like hard, we we're like young, we we're like yeah. 35 kilos. But um, I was like, oh, I need to be better than him. So I, that's when I started becoming obsessed with the training. So I'd, want, I'd go on extra runs. I'd be the little girl running four kilometers up, up um, Bribie Holland. And then I'd go into the gym and I'd be like, what are we doing after this? Like, and then we'd go on a boxing trip on the weekend. 
And my coach would take us surfing and skating because he made it fun. We were kids. He didn't want us to be like burnt out. Burnt like, out. Yeah. So we'd go get burgers. Making weight wasn't a thing at that age, which it shouldn't be when you're young. Had burgers, wear my Converse's and footy shorts, get in the ring, have an exhibition. And every weekend, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't hang out with friends outside of school. I was like messaging my coach and the boxing, that my, like the crew and my boxing crew were like all I wanted to hang out with. And I think that's why I'm still have passion for it to this day because I started the right way. I didn't start trying mm. to be an elite athlete. It was like a fun thing. Do you remember why you wanted to be good? I wanted to I wanted to be the best. I, I wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist. That was my goal. I was after my second fight, I was like, I want to go to the Olympics. I was like 15, 14, not even because I had like 20 exhibitions before I could get a fight because I was like 35 kilos and a female, which there's no depth in the division. And were, then, were you big or small? Small. Yeah. My first fight, I'll show you a photo, was against a girl 25 kilos heavier than me because I couldn't get an opponent. Really? I, going back 10, this is 10 years ago now, female boxing wasn't even in the Olympics. Just, yeah, no, it was just just in the first Olympics then. Wow. So there was no little girls boxing. So it was impossible. So I, was, I had three exhibitions with boys. I had heaps of exhibitions with girls, huge. And then because there was such an even fight, there had to be exhibitions. I was like, I'm sick of this. I, I was like squaring up to any boy at the way and that looked my height. Yeah. I was like, I'll fight them. I was like, I don't care. I don't want it to be an exhibition. And I was like, and then they're like, no, the, the boxing organization is like, that's not allowed. So yeah. then I was like, there was a girl there and I was like, I'll fight her. And she was like 25 kilos heavier than me. And when it was at the Bribe RSL and I hopped in the ring, and there's a photo and she's so big and I won. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hell yeah. And then after that fight, that's when I was like, I want to go to the Olympics. Like, oh, well, this is the process. But then I was still way too young to make it. Mm. But then I followed the process. Um, that was for the Glasgow Commonwealth Games in 2014. Followed the process. I was too young to go. But I won my first Australian title following the process as a 15-year-old. Um, and then, yeah, I kept going. But I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be the best. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to be in here to be average. I want to be the best. Yeah. And do you remember like why though? Like where that come from? Or you just, it just I was, was a there. I was a little tomboy, but I always, always wanted to be, I was obsessed with the adrenaline of being in the ring. And, and then the better I got at it, I just wanted to sharpen everything. And I feel like when you're good at something, you love it even more. Mm. And I felt like I just, it was my sport. I just felt like it was for me. I tried soccer, I sucked. I tried swimming, I sucked. No one would pick me for that team for touch football, I sucked. Like, and all these sports. And then I did boxing and it just like, everything just felt like it was just always for me. Like, it yeah. was my sport. That's how it felt. So I was like... What was it like being a girl in like a boys sport back then then? Because so if, if, <laughs> if it wasn't, you know, female boxing wasn't in the Olympics and there wasn't yeah. that many female role models to look up to, like, was that... It was all male role models. I was surrounded by all the bo the boys in the gym. That's why I've always been like really easily hanging out with like guys. I like enjoy everything that they enjoy to do, like boxing, mm. surfing, skating, motorbikes. I think they're all cool. So like there are girls that love it too and they're awesome, but I've always struggled to find like girls that would love it too. Mm. And that's why even when I was a young girl, there was like Jessie Bailey – Josh Adams, Ty, my coach, all the older boys in the gym, we'd all go in road trips. We'd get a bus to the boxing tournaments. So I was always hanging out with them. So I felt like I was just like with them, like I was a part of the boys. So I was like, I never, I would always forget, oh yeah, I'm, I didn't think of the differences in sexes. I was just like, yeah, I'm just hanging with friends. Yeah. Um, but it was just hard because they'd always get fights and I just couldn't. Mm. And I wanted to fight so bad. I, every weekend I was 
every time we'd have to put on the board which tournaments we wanted to go to and my coach was like everyone right on the board I was like every single tournament booked out didn't care if it was my sister's birthday I'm going just booked out every weekend with tournaments I was like yep going to Toowoomba book me and I want to go so half the time I just sat there and watched fights at half the events or I'd have an exhibition and now I'm I finally got over that when I started making the national teams. I got fights. It was a lot easier going international. Yeah. And now I'm pro again and I'm back to this. I can't get fights. Fuck. (laughs) Sound like a full loop. (laughs) That must be annoying as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess persevere through it and it'll it'll happen. It'll happen. Just keep training. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen women's boxing? Like, has it grown a lot? Like, in the time that you've been doing it immensely when i was my last few nationals as an amateur there was like six seven girls in my division i was like this is awesome go to the world championships there's 30 girls and the skill sets coming up even now like i'm an elite that some of the juniors and the youth coming through now are well above the level i was on as a junior and a youth yeah because they're actually training there's so many more people and girls that i guess they've aspired like us to be me sky or even before us shannon um these girls they're gonna kill the game like that their skill set's gonna be by the time they're in the pros they'll go, they'll be like men mm. like we're we're slowly every generation getting better and better and that's what i also want to be i want to be a face for female boxing i really want to encourage more young girls and even not even young girls girls in general to sort of come into the sport like like i said like i i'd play game of football i'll dislocate my shoulder like what there's more injuries in other sports than there is in boxing. So yeah, yeah. There's so many cool role models now too. Yeah, for for girls yeah. as well. Like even you look to like the UFC. Yeah, and then you've got like Amanda Nunes, yeah. and then you've got um you know Doug Rose and Joanna. Yeah. There's like Janae Harding from Janae, Australia. I'm friends with Janae. I train in the same gym with her in Sydney. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, she's a lord. She's been on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. And um. And then you've got like Casey O'Neill. So there's like a bunch of like dope Aussie chicks that are doing the MMA thing as well. And then you've got like your crew with like the boxing chicks. So it it must be cool to like be a part of that too. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, There's also, um, I guess on the world stage, really paving the way would be Katie Taylor uh clarissa oh, she's the irish chick eh? she's such, she's, she's a g, such a g. Yeah. she's she she's the one who brought female boxing into the olympics she's the one that paved the way for us really she's in million dollar figures for females she's hit million dollar figures um eddie hearns simon matchroom she's the first female i think she was the first female her and michaela mayer to put on their f- headline their first show all female show and i was like these girls are paving the way for us will pave the way for the next and keep getting better. But she, she, like, she's a man. Not, not, that's not in a disrespectful way. She fights like a man. Yeah. That's well, not like, she looks like a man. I'm not saying that. She yeah, fights. Yeah, yeah. Not, and I'm not disrespecting fight like a girl, et cetera. But there are some traits that men just are physically stronger. And she yeah. puts those traits aside. She is physically stronger. She just get, get, gets in there. Yeah. That's like another kind of weird thing with the whole chicks fighting thing is that there's like this, yeah, fight like a girl. Fight yeah. like a, it's like there's a, so many trends that go around and be like, no, fight like a girl. Like it's cliche. Like don't say fight like a man. That's sexist. I'm like, no, fight like a man. I was like, at the end of the day, they've got all, more experience in the boxing on us because of the way the it has only just been fresh. But I always look 
and base my fighting style off men because they're so explosive and I want us females to be like that. And Katie Taylor does that. She she is so strong and fit and aggressive and there are a lot of females that are becoming like that and we need more of us to keep doing that instead of perceiving us to be the best female, be the best boxer. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that's like that's cool too. Like there it does get a bit lame when people are just like, Oh, you can't say that, you can't yeah, you know, I'm like it's 10. like all right, well objectively if like this like <laughs> this man fought this chick, He'd this man you. would that He'd would beat you. Yeah, that'd beat you. And that's fine. Like it's hundred percent okay. <laughs> it's a different it's a different yeah. thing. But there's like in the UFC, for example, like man, like Rose number Yunez, her striking is so sick. Yeah. Like, and even like your style, like you have a dope style yeah. when you box. Like a man isn't going to fight like that no. because there's like a different strength. Yeah. There's like some different movement that they can do. Yeah. So they're not going to look like you, even yeah. if they tried. Yeah. But your fight style looks sick as fuck. And that's like Stephanie Gilmore with surfing. Yeah. I think Stephanie Gilmore is one of the dopest looking surfers. Like yeah. if she wore like just a wetsuit and you couldn't see any tits or like yeah. any like female figure and yeah. you just saw like a silhouette of her surfing, yeah. that's a fucking dope surfer. Yeah. But she surfs like that because she's a chick. Like you have to surf around some yeah. of like the lack of power that a man yeah. can put into a yeah. wave be the same of like the lack of power that you can put into a punch but you can still deliver like a knockout punch yeah exactly and the only thing i can do is like that's it's facts men are physically built not all men there's there are some there's some pussy dudes out there There, and and then there's some (laughs) chicks that are actually built solid but like most for the majority men are stronger like if i was to fight a guy the best guy in my weight division he'd beat me yeah that's just it is what it is it's not me being sexist it's facts and the thing is is like that's why i still aspire to be like them i still train the way they would train i was still when i watch them and watch them i tried to constantly develop to be better than that so then the more i can adapt to fight like that the more when i fight girls it's like Mm. what are they what are they gonna do yeah and like we said that that shannon when shannon fought on the zoo under uh the zoo she like put on more of a that was the best fight than all the fights even the tim zoo fight i left i was because i was at the fights yeah um i left um three four rounds into that fight because i was so bored yeah no no disrespect to tim zoo or jeff Horn, their guns that fight itself was boring yeah I yeah and like, and she, like she just looked so good yeah and it was such like a Dude, the the style that she had, the flair that she had, yeah. like she was like taunting her, like man, that was just a fucking gangster ass yeah. fight. And some of the best fights of all time that I've seen in the UFC are chicks. Yeah, yeah, I like um as much as she did fall downhill. Um, I guess with the um the UFC, she still paved the way. Ronda Ronda Rousey. Yeah, for sure. She she made a lot of money. She's in movies like The Entourage. She's WWE. She's smart. She made business decisions. I mean, and she was the one that everyone was raving about for ages. She was undefeated. Or, uh, sure, she lost, but doesn't matter. She still, she still got got a certain way, and and she really made a like a really big stepping stone for females in the UFC. Yeah. Well, what the the craziest part too is that you can watch interviews of Dana White saying chicks will never fight in the UFC ever. Like yeah. he went on record so many times saying that. Now look and at then him. girls got to the point where they were undeniable. Like mm. they were so good that the the 
what the boss thought didn't count and yeah. what the, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was, and I think that that's like the angle that it's not just like women in sport, but like any sport in general. Like yeah. if you're like a fringe if sport and you're like, good. we don't have enough yeah. support. It's like, make yourself undeniable. Yeah, like exactly. make yourself. Unquestionably good. You yeah. have, you, people want to see it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what females did yeah. for the UFC. And now there's yeah. some of the most entertaining fights. And like, I'll admit at the start, when the when females are fighting the UFC, I'd skip those fights. Yeah. Like I, I, that's when I'd get up and get a beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's just because they weren't that good yeah. for a period of time. Yeah. Now, I ain't ever missing yeah. a chick yeah, fight. No They're way. fucking savages, <laughs> man. They are, hey. And it's the same like you go to a jiu-jitsu comp, man. Jiu-jitsu, the, the, the fucking white belt yeah. girls division <laughs> of jiu-jitsu is fucking hectic <laughs> like chicks know how to throw down that's awesome it's so true though <laughs> i need, I, I haven't watched a jiu-jitsu fight actually you'll have to, you'll have uh, to i think i'm gonna have to come and have a look you need to we gotta do this mma thing no i'm serious i'll when we're over i'm gonna try link it up yeah well i can put you in touch with yeah, those guys done for sure done and they've got their josh, would josh coon be interested in being doing a crossover I reckon. I reckon we tee that up that'd be awesome yeah and then he could tattoo you as well yeah, yeah, I'm so keen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like those guys, um, the whole combat program, they've got like a, um, the guys that own that, they own Hype Group as well, which is like a media and marketing agency. Yeah. So I'm sure they'd like get in on the filming yeah, side of it Yeah, that'd be awesome, well. yeah. Like those boys fucking crush it and they yeah. would 100% be keen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. But yeah, like... Get It'll be interesting to see me getting rolled on the floor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's so much like you found out with that chick, you mm. know, like so much. I'd, I'm, I'm interested to see myself how it goes. I'd actually, like, because the series is throw me in the deep end. So yeah. I want to be, it's, I don't care about the safety of it all. Like, obviously, I've got a cut on my forehead. Yeah. Throw me in the deep end. Like, just yeah. put me in, we'll do five threes, whatever it is. Yeah. Do a quick warm up, introduce me and then throw me in. Well, what'd it be cool? Um, have you ever heard of Shannon Ross? No, I haven't. He just fought um, in Abu Dhabi on the UAE Warriors card and he just, just got a win. He's a fucking G. He's yeah. a Bantamweight. So like... He, oh, Bantam, nice he, and close. Yeah, he'd be like pretty close to your yeah. weight. But um, yeah, he's a fucking lord and they got like uh, James Garrison. He's a black belt that trains yeah. out of there. He just fought on the last Eternal card. So yeah. he's like a Can MMA. We, let's do it. Yeah. I wanted to do it. Like, let's put some, like, the full MMA, make it like a little flight night. Yeah. Warm me up and then just see how I go. Just yeah. throw me in the deep end. Have you, so... The, but then uh, they have to come in the boxing ring with me. Yeah, that'd be sick. Oh, all those yeah. boys would be keen they would, to do that. Of course, yeah. Yeah. No, nah, and they're such a sick crew down yeah. there too. It'd be fun. I want to come and hang yeah, out Yeah, let's for that do one. it. I'll, I'll help you out with some yeah. jiu-jitsu shit. Yeah. <laughs> help me out to, like, maneuver the wrestling. I was going to try avoid the floor. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like that's probably would be your strategy would just Striking. be like strike and then like really learn how to um, essentially like get your underhooks you against the cage. You can elbow and stuff too, hey. Yeah, which maybe we – let's maybe no elbows for the your exhibition. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be throwing elbows around. Do you, do you just do that in sparring in MMA? Uh, I don't really. spar any – I don't do no striking. I just do jujitsu. Oh, okay. I'm do they inspiring use elbows? Not, they'd probably just like throw them, but not, not like actually. Because you'd actually. Oh, it's so easy to cut people with elbows. Yeah, I, I've thought about that. Like I'll, I'll throw like a hook, 
And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I could just swing this through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big time, man. Yeah. <laughs> and they fucking hurt when they hit you first. Uh, I couldn't imagine. I'm not going to lie. They cut you so. So brutal. <laughs> yeah, they cut you so easy. It's crazy, eh? That's, yeah. But no. yeah, you'd just be trying to like, uh, pretty much if you get pushed against a cage, like base out, try to get underhooks. Because if like people get like underhooks on you, then they can like slide down your body sort of underneath and then that's when they can like pick you up. So uh, you really just got to be like digging for underhooks, turning them against the cage, pushing them away to break yeah. and then like try and get back. So like like Josh Kuhn, like he's not a, well, he's not a, like he's a jiu-jitsu white belt. I've grappled with him. He's a fucking good grappler. But if he fought like a jiu-jitsu black belt, then he'd have trouble yeah. you know what i mean just because white belt black belt that's your just tactics to exactly your opponent. Yeah. but no one's taken him down yet he just fucking belts him so that's what i'll try to <laughs> yeah so i mean it's not like you need to understand every single yeah. part of the game like there's specialists that exist yeah and that's kind of the cool thing about mma i guess is that it is like this specialist like you've got a black belt in jiu-jitsu versus uh, essentially like a black belt striker yeah and it's like which one of those two dudes can impose their game because yeah. the striker is going to beat the, the grappler on the feet but the grappler is going to beat the striker yeah. on the ground and like israel adesanya he's a white belt yeah and he uh just fought a dude that oh, who was his last fight fuck i just had a full mind blank uh oh yeah he fought um fuck paulo costa and he's a jiu-jitsu black belt yeah. And he got fucking murdered. What from? Just... Just belted the belted. fuck out of him. <laughs> and then that was like a... Well, that was Holly Holmes and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Kickboxer versus... Judo. Judo. Like judo and Olympian. The, the, yeah. But yeah, kickboxing judo... Kickboxing came through. Yeah, kickboxing came through in a fucking big way. <laughs> yeah. Real big statement. <laughs> what, uh, what other sports do you want to try, you reckon? Um, I want to do um, stunt planes. You want to do what? Stunt planes. Um, like planes. Stunt. It's like a a stunt plane. So like fighter jet pilot. Oh um, wow! I got it. I got. I actually got it. It's gonna happen early next year. That's I've got sick. a heap of things lined up. It's just Christmas is just not gonna happen. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just gonna be. I've got a heap of things lined up. Where is it? Um, I'll show you. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. So you could like fly like tandem with somebody else. Yeah, like I'd just jump in. I definitely couldn't fly it. Yeah. Here it is. It's with Red Bull or something like that. Stump oh, plane. Sick. Are you working with like the Red Bull Oz guys? It's a. I know an engineer in Red Bull oh, who works yeah. in with the um, Formula like, One race, race car drivers. That's another one I want to try get into. Oh I yeah. I want to do like cool things. I don't want to yeah. do like. I also want to do tennis. Yeah. I think the basketball episode's dropping soon. Yeah. Who did you do that with? Um, the Brisbane Bullets. Yeah. Um, we had a guy, he's about to make the NBA actually. Really? Yeah, he was the main. He got him and two friends because um, he sort of outsourced it from the team between his um, training because they're in training. Yeah. Um, so he came in and one afternoon at three and brought two friends and I brought two friends and we had a, a, a match, I guess, and he dunked on us. That was so good. That's sick. Yeah, they dunked. We had a full game. We cheated up. We had the uniforms. We brought, like, NBA uniforms. That's so <laughs> they sick. They rocked up so cash and we looked like the basketball players because we rocked up with, like, full basketball kits. I had the boots on and I was, like, ready to go. 
We got flogged. Yeah, those retro Jordans looking, yeah, like, looking yeah. like a G. Wait, yeah. you know what else you should try? Hang on, let me find Yeah, this. if you have suggestions. I want to do dancing just because it's really out of the comfort zone for me. Let me find... Um, dude, this is what you got to do. I've had this dude on the podcast before. He's a fucking G. <laughs> Um, I know another guy who does this stuff, but yeah, I should. So we're looking at, for the people just listening, that we're looking at- That would be such forearm Oh, strength. yeah. Yeah. And the armor, dude. So there's a, there's a, so I was just showing uh, Taylor Samride, who is the uh, medieval combat specialist. But uh, dude, so when he came and did the podcast, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know where I would have posted it. But anyway, he put the full armor on me and- uh, fucking hit me in the head with an axe like armor on and like the full deal Did it hurt? not really but it was fucking scary like the sound that it made inside Whoa. the helmet when he it's just like, like he smoked me with his axe <laughs> and i was just like yeah it didn't hurt at all really yeah. but it's like you associate like the sound and getting in the head yeah and it, the hitting in the head and yeah. you're just like fuck that should really hurt but yeah like full swords and shit yeah but he lives um he's in brizzy yeah there's another guy who might probably knows him he'd know him for sure he he followed me and i like i saw he was like into um what's his name yeah yeah shit's fucking crazy i see him post it that's the first time i've ever seen it so random it was like last week yeah that's uh he's a fucking unit too yeah i also want to do bull riding yeah right that'd be pretty crazy that would be crazy different you're a fucking animal (laughs) i'm gonna do skydiving but that's not too much of uncharted waters everyone goes skydiving yeah yeah like it's just the general public everyone wants to do it anyways but um jeff weatherall who yeah. i met at the compound he's yeah he's gonna take me out skydiving and what about yeah. wakeboarding have you ever wakeboarded yeah i have yeah i was i used to be actually really good at it when i was a kid but, yeah right um my mom used to take the boat out every weekend me and a family friend who's like a guy that's another reason why I probably used to be really competitive we used to compete with each other like try yeah. to jump the wake first and do all that but i, I want to do an episode of that too yeah, well, just because it'll be fun anyway. I'd like to just do it anyways. Friend of mine, Harley Clifford, he's like ten time world champ. Can we tear it up? Hundred <laughs> percent. Let's do it. I'm keen whenever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. There's so much cool. So shit. much cool shit we could put in for content. Like, like, I, I, that's why I thought even just capturing it all would be such cool content to, to show, like that anyone can do all these hectic sports. Yeah. Like, Have you thought about taking it to like the like TV or anything like that or? I don't know how to approach it all. At the moment, I'm just doing IGTV and YouTube. But, like, I definitely would look into making something of it, like taking it the next level. Um, at the moment, with how hectic life has been, I've just been going with the flow with it and just fitting yeah, it in. Yeah. But I would definitely like to add more to it and take it to the next level, yeah. It's good to, you like, staying busy. It and, is. You know what I mean? Because, like, if you can't get fights, yeah. uh, you're sort of doing these things and – it's like you you don't know where these kind of opportunities can link up, different yeah. people that you could meet. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, it's a um, yeah, it's definitely cool, and you're super marketable as well. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like it's maybe one of the things I don't know whether that's just part of the whole like amateur boxing scene, whether you miss out on a lot of like 
marketing kind of yeah. opportunities. But like, yeah, you seem like super marketable yeah. to where these kinds of things would make sense to do. Yeah. I, I, I feel like um, it's just I don't have a standard boxer look. Not, not that there's a boxer look, but no one believes me if they don't know me to say that I'm a boxer. Yeah. Like they're like, no, like I would never give guests like – People are like, oh, do you surf or do you do this? But I'm, yeah. when I say I'm a boxer, all they'll be like, oh, don't get hurt. Like, you don't want to hurt your face. I'm like, it's, it's life. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, Janae. She struggled with that. Like yeah. a lot of people like, don't box, don't do MMA. Yeah. Like it's so brutal. But yeah. I guess like, yeah, fuck, it's your passion. Like you've been doing it yeah. since you were young, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've committed more to boxing than I have anything else in life. So yeah, it's what what I'm just going to keep doing. <laughs> yeah. So when you, you said before you like had a relationship through this thing, was that like literally the first time, like because of COVID, like first the first proper, time you got first that? First proper relationship. Yeah. I had another one earlier when I lived in Sydney, but I was away every month traveling. Yeah. So we, that's why we split up. I was like, I can't commit to this. Um, yeah. I'm interstate when I'm not interstate, I want to see family. I don't have time for this. And when COVID hit, I had so much time and met 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 the right person, I guess. And then um, we just clicked straight away. And then I was like, oh, this is chill. And then, yeah, we were inseparable throughout COVID. And then COVID finished. I went, moved back to Brisbane. Boxing training came up. Things in life came up. And all of a sudden, I'm out of a relationship again. <laughs> it must be hard to like with the way that you had to grow up, like, cause essentially like, yeah, you grew up on the road yeah. eh? and from yeah. such a young age, man. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I went, I was pretty, I was too selfish as well. Yeah. Like everything did revolve around when boxing came back. I'm, I need, I need to balance it a bit more. I think even in my, like any relationship, but I was very like, no, nah, like I've got this on this weekend. No, I can't come tonight. I've got training yeah. at five, like things that I could have gone. Okay. I can move training earlier and come and, do something that means something to them, yeah. which I should, I, I'll, I'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the time, I'm just like, I've always been on my, like really independent. Like, no, like this is what I'm doing. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of story. Fuck, I'm like that still. Yeah. So I'm maybe I won't, I probably won't change. <laughs> it's fucking hard though, eh? Like, yeah. cause I mean, yeah, even, even for me, I'm like fucking, now yeah, I don't budge. If I yeah. got, if I got shit to do, I got shit to do. And I don't know, I guess, yeah, fuck. I'm probably the wrong person to ask about it, but yeah, it, it is it is hard to um if you've got like that single vision, you kind of have a mentality of like, well, either on or yeah. off, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I I'm like I'm so spontaneous or so random, I'm like if I want to move to America tomorrow, I'm going to move to America tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can come or you can stay. Like it's bad or I I'm going to Sydney for a week. I want to do this or I, I want to go like next week, I was talking to the girls. Like we should do like a day trip somewhere and vlog it. Like yeah. go to Sydney or now it's open. Like it's like to do those things and it just doesn't tie in when you got to look look out for another person as well. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, fuck, you're so young too. Exactly, I'm 22. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not at all. I'm 30. I'm 32, <laughs> so I've got 10 years of fucking the same <laughs> shit. Not even you can find find someone at any age. It doesn't 
there's no cutoff limits. Oh like, yeah. You, but I mean, in terms oh, of, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so young, like you're so young, like there's still so much time. To, to exactly, to yeah. find people. I'm not stressed about it. Yeah. It's not, it's not a worry. <laughs> it's just crazy that it's like, that was your first opportunity to like. I know. it was, And it was, it was a really intense relationship because it was basically, we met each other and then quarantined because it like, it was in the point where like, you weren't allowed to leave your postcode. Oh, really? And I'd just been moved home from America. So I was, for the first time since I was like 17, living back in my home yeah. at my mum's home before I moved back to Brisbane. So um, we met and then I went, we like hung out a few times and I basically then brought a backpack in because like we couldn't keep going between houses because oh, the postcode, the postcode thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like went, basically moved in. It was I was like so random of me. <laughs> and then like every day from then till like, only quite recently we'd spent every day together. So like, I feel like I got like a really good connection to someone finally. Yeah, like yeah. I really connected well with them and um, I finally like started like caring about someone a bit more. And then, yeah, I guess I hadn't f- experienced that. So it was, it was good for me to experience that. And yeah. Then, but then, yeah, my life's getting hectic again. So it's just not something that I can prioritize. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't know that many people would think that that's like a reality that when you're an athlete, that's the kind of shit you got to go through, right? And some people make it work, um, but they still have lots of issues. Like, I know a lot of people that try to make it work, but the long distance and the constantly being away, never being first priority, not doing the general things where, like, I was thinking about it, like, when I was in COVID, we could just go get Chinese for dinner. Mm. I was like, this is so crazy. (laughs) We can just do that. Like, we can go have a drink on, on the weekend. We can play movies like if i'm in camp i like camp i have my set meal we don't go out for dinners like yeah so i think all that sort of things takes a toll on like being the best relationship it can be yeah yeah definitely what what were you were where were you living when you're in america uh west hollywood oh sick whereabouts um right on the strip no way (laughs) like right you come out of my place and the stars were there the oh yeah 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 Yeah. sick i lived uh on like la cienega and sunset oh really sunset boulevard yeah yeah yeah. for years that's awesome you were right up in it too yeah (laughs) you know where like the comedy store is oh yeah yeah Yeah. like right opposite oh wow that's awesome did you love it yeah it was sick living there mine was cut so short because of covid i was supposed to be there for longer and then so how what were you doing there like you were training over there i wanted to well, America's where it's at. Yeah. At the end of the day. No lack of opponents there. There's everything's more hyped. Like yeah. you're gonna make five thousand dollars in sponsorship here, you'll make fifty thousand for the exact same thing there. Yeah. Everyone hypes you up. That's what I think Australia's got tall I think it's tall poppy. Yeah. I don't know the full third. tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. 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 Like we're like even with Jeff Horn, he's just done amazing things. And I understand he's not better than Terrence Crawford or whatever, but we still should hype him up to be. Yeah. Because it we're, no one would do that to Terrence, like, or no one would do that to anyone in America. I've, I told them I had had one profile and showed them. Everyone at this in this room, that's the champ. That's the champ. I've had one profile. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm no champ yet, and they're like, that's the champ. In Australia, they're like, oh, she's good, but like, she's not that good. And yeah. Like, that's our mentality here. Like, we can't build superstars in Australia because that's we cut them down too early. Yeah. As soon as they start to do something successful, we have to go. Oh no no no, bring them down. It's a mentality here. Not everyone, but it's uh, widely known. No, you are right. It's a very widely, and it's so hard to make stars here and make money here because of that. Mm. And it's and it's us. We do we do it, but we hype Americans up a million times more. 
Yeah, I think Australia has like a little bit of like a everyone's operating in like a scarcity mindset. Yeah. Because there's like they all think that there's nothing to go around. Yeah. So they all just try and take their piece and yeah. then hold on to it at all costs. Yeah. Whereas so like yesterday, for example, I had a guy on the podcast, his name is Jeff Walker, and uh, he's got this fucking sick YouTube channel. Yeah. And Moto. And he gets like twentieth at the races. So like the pro races. Yeah, so yeah. he's not even on the radar yeah. of anybody. Like if you like he's never on TV, he's never gets hype, no media, nothing. But he has a YouTube channel that reaches more people than probably the races themselves. Really? And people just don't give a fuck about him. And so yeah. like um we did the podcast yesterday and like I look up to the dude. And then he's like looking at me because I used to work for all those race teams and stuff. And then he's like, oh, it's crazy all the shit you've done. I'm like, yeah. it's crazy what you've done. Yeah. And I look at him as I want him, like we're on the same platform. Yeah. Like I try to make money off YouTube. He tries to make money off YouTube. I want him to do good. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, you you know, the saying, a rising yeah. tide floats all boats. Exactly. Like we all we come up. We all got to come up together. Bringing and people down isn't going to bring you up. And at that, the end of the day. That's, I think, that tall poppy syndrome that you yeah. spoke about. That's people that they, because the pie is small in Australia, they want to protect their slice yeah. at, at whatever cost yeah. instead of going, how about we all make the pie bigger? Yeah. We can all hype, hype each other up. Like, even if you think in your head you're better than this person, why are they being hyped? That's not a mentality you should have. You should be like, they're, they're grinding. Bring them up. It's yeah. not going to bring you down. You'll still come up too. Yeah. Like, just bring them up. <laughs> yeah, everybody, what I think. yeah. Everybody's got to, like, you, I, I, essentially, everyone's just got to, like, work to make the pie bigger. Yeah, exactly. Instead of fighting over the one that's there. Yeah. And, and if everybody does that and then boxing gets bigger or motocross gets bigger or whatever, it's like yeah. the, what we were saying about the, the female fighting thing. It's like, be undeniable. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you kind of, you need to work together to put on these. Yeah. You know, like the perfect example is you saying that like a chick doesn't want to take a fight with you because she's trying to protect a record. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, so that's her trying to keep her bit yeah. of the pie. Yeah. Instead of yeah. like, all right, maybe we go together. Yeah. This fight reaches like that shotgun fight was a great example. Yeah. Like she fucking yeah. blew up off yeah. that, you know, like yeah. she put on a really good fight. Good performance. And I wouldn't have given a fuck if she lost. It was yeah. that, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And it's boxing. And, and that's the thing about boxing. A punch can change anything. <laughs> you can time. win a whole fight and then just be put on your ass. Yeah. And it, it, it's facts. It, and you know it going into there. And it doesn't change the fact that they're, you're not a good fighter. That's a fight. It's a fight. So then you, no one should then cut them down and be like, they're not good anymore. They've lost. Yeah. Rematch. Like they were, rematch. Fight someone else. Fight someone that styles make fights. There's so many reasons why you shouldn't just write someone off after a loss. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So how long? And it were doesn't you... happen in MMA. No, you're right. Yeah. How long were you in the states before you had to come home? Mm, a month or two. Fuck. So it was so short because COVID went crazy. Yeah. Everything shut down. I was gonna stay. I was gonna stay through it, and then, um, yeah, then they were like. I was just setting up, I was training in at Fortune, getting all my ducks sorted and then um, started meeting some cool sponsors. Um, I'm They were like wanting to jump on board and then I came home and then I was like, oh, maybe thinking it wasn't going to blow up. I never thought we'd even have to quarantine was a thing. Mm. Was like, I was like, oh, it's like, okay, um, maybe I should. And the government was like urging everyone to come home. Mum was like, you need to come home. Like you actually have to quarantine when you get back now. I was like, what? <laughs> and then 
um, there was like flights were shortening up to get back into Australia. And I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't got healthcare over here. I was like, maybe I should get back. So I booked my flight back and then I was expecting to come back in August to USA. Um, I'd already planned heaps of things to come back to and then the world went hectic and there's no travel there. I will get back there, but yeah. not in the near future with the way things are going. Is there any other countries that you reckon you could go to to do well with boxing or is America UK. like... UK. UK and America, I feel like the UK could be good because there's a lot of pool of athletes there and yeah. the, the stand, like the competition I'd get would really boost me whether I win, lose or draw. Yeah. I feel like I need those fights to be the best, you know? Um, but I'd also like to clean up Australia. I'd like to fight in Australia a lot too, but it's just not happening. Yeah. I've, hopefully it does. Hopefully when this pandemic's chilled out and the borders, restrictions and people get back to normality, it will happen. Yeah. Um, but... The UK I'd go to, but they've been bombed with coronavirus at the moment. So yeah, they're getting pumped. I can't see that happening in the near future either. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting the the um, the whole America situation because the like the new president coming in with Biden and there's like there's a ton of new shit that's going yeah. down where you're like, Ooh. and then the cases yeah. are getting so much worse. There. The cases, and then there was the Black Lives Matter riots, and then there was so many things. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't get stuck there, and they're all billboard the the election i was like yeah. oh if i was there for this whole time i would have yeah i probably would have come home and then i had to pay three thousand dollars for a hotel quarantine yeah i know so i was kind of lucky i did come home did you have to do the quarantine when you got home but it was home quarantine oh that's they, way better oh i know it was like it's, i came on the day quarantines were enforced really yeah so i got met we had to sign documents at the airport and i went out to my dad's farm because i could stay on the property mm. um and I stayed on the farm and did my quarantine, rode motorbikes and set up a home gym outside. He has like he heaps of acreage. So, and then there's animals there. So I was like, yeah, it's better than being in my mum's apartment. That yeah. was sucked. I would have gone insane for two weeks. But I was like, I could go out for, I could run because he's got so much land. I could literally go for runs and stuff. Yeah. So it was good. But, um, um, but people came and checked up on you like, if oh, you, really? Yeah, like the, the police would come. So, like, if you weren't where you're supposed to be, you got massive fines. So, like, yeah, I was lucky, like, that I... Where's his farm at? Because I wasn't taking it seriously at all. The coronavirus? Yeah, no, not at that point. I was like, this, this is stupid. Yeah. Like, why do I have to quarantine? At this point, bars were still open in Australia when I first got back. It's only oh. when you came back from international. But by the end of my quarantine everything was shut down and the world was in quarantine. Like everyone was in iso isolated. And I was like, cause I, I thought this, I thought it was stupid that I was in this quarantine. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to come out and finally be able to go, go out to the coffee shop and eat food. And everything got shut down and we got put in postcodes, two people, two house. And I was like, I'm still in quarantine. I just had to do it for two weeks longer than everyone else. It's so gnarly. Like how quick the world just changed. Yeah. Different yeah. now. Hey guys, world's changed. Yeah, literally. It's so normal now to see people in masks. And if you showed someone a photo of all of us walking around in masks, like even a year ago, we'd all be like, what the heck? <laughs> well, like February after I crashed that bike in Vietnam, I went um, to Bali for a week. And it was just like, it was so weird because I got home from Bali like just as everything kicked off as well. To where, like, did you miss the quarantine? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah only just. But 
it was like went to Bali. I didn't have my phone on the whole time I was in Bali. Like I literally didn't use my phone. So in six days I went from like, I remember it being kind of weird leaving um, Vietnam. Like, cause so I was in hospital the night before I left. Cause I was, um, God, fuck my shoulder. So then I was in hospital and it was kind of like people were talking about it in hospital and then I was like, oh, this, this is a bit weird. And I think I had to wear a mask while I was in hospital. Yeah. And then I got discharged. I booked my flight, left the next day. And then like no one was really wearing masks too much. Yeah. Like Asian countries kind of do anyway. Yeah, always. Um, but so it wasn't like everyone was wearing a mask. No one was really talking about it too much. But then I remember at the airport in Bali when I was – I connected to somewhere like when I was waiting for my next flight. Yeah. Uh, that's like the first time I thought I was like, fuck, maybe I should have a mask. Like I'm yeah, in like the yeah. air con and I was like, it's fucking weird. Like it started in Asia. And then anyway, got to Bali, turned my phone off for six days and then pretty much got on my flight. And then every mum was like, mum's texting me. She's like, you got to get home pretty quick. Like this is happening. This is happening. That's what I was getting. I was bombarded from family. To, like get home. Was like, what, what date was it? That you come home, like roughly? More end of March? Yeah. Oh, so mine was end of Feb. Mm. So I was like the, I got, I think I left on like the 27th of Feb. Yeah. But yeah, and then it was just like, now the world's changed. But I could not have imagined in yeah. those six days in Bali. Yeah. It was like a little time warp, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you got that. <laughs> just like, I know, eh? Yeah. Yeah, fucking gnarly. But it's just crazy that the world can yeah. change so much in a matter I of didn't think it was going to last this long. I I was thought by my birthday I'd be going to a festival. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, God, I still had an event page. I was in quarantine, still going. Yeah, it's going to pass. Like, and then didn't. <laughs> don't know. I, I don't even. I can't even believe I contemplated me going out in April. <laughs> yeah, true way. Eh? I was like, it'll be a couple of weeks. They'll sort that shit. <laughs> yeah, they'll get it. They'll get it dialed. Yeah, no. I was like, this is a legit problem. <laughs> but heaps of, I guess, heaps of cool shits come out of it, and yeah. you know, like doing this. Uh, I feel like everything happens for a reason. That's my mentality. So I think everything's going its way on yeah. its path. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed finally getting to chat. Yeah. We've been talking about doing this for a yeah. long time, and uh, I'm pretty keen to make this uh, MMA thing happen. I'd love Done. to. I'd and wakeboarding, let's let's do yeah, this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we got the uh, we got the fucking samurai shit. Samurai shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, yeah, bunch of different just stuff. Just do cool stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah. On. Thanks for having me. No, I really appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch for sure. Of course. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, legend. Thanks so much. Oh, that was that's good. so chill. Yeah. <laughs> Such a just like chatting. Yeah, it's pretty fun, huh?